Hello everybody, Mariner here and welcome to Net That Hall for FPL Game Week 18 and it's nearly Christmas. How are we doing boys? Nima, how is cold and wet London first? Great man, yeah, it's uh, <laughs> going well for me, thank you. Excited for the week ahead, um, looking forward to Christmas and we'll announce more about the schedule over the holidays for the show but Good to be here talking about Game Week 18 with you boys. How are you doing, Gabe? I'm a, I'm a little scattered, to, to be perfectly honest. I, I, we were talking about points. I, got, I checked my points once this, this like yesterday, and I didn't remember how many points I had. And it's like a fantasy Bundesliga deadline today, which is really weird. It almost never happens. Um, so I'm, I'm scattered, but I feel like it's the right time of season to be scattered. I feel like uh, it, that's okay right now. So I'm okay with it. <laughs> We'll be married. Well, I'm scattered. I think scattered's a good term because I haven't even got a clue what's going on. But anyway, there we oh. go. Um, but that's the good time to talk about philosophy. Yeah, that, that's just that's just that's just me. Um, I've been told not to mention the thumbnail, but I just can't stop, Nima. What are you doing to me? Why on this planet is why <laughs> on this planet is Rich Charlie troll on this? Bloody thumbnail. Are you doing it just to grate my gears, man? I'm glad you used those choice of words, but um, thank you, everyone. For <laughs> I can't that. swear for the first yeah. 10 minutes, right? <laughs> Full crew together after a long time, as Podner says. Good to see you, buddy. Elrond covered <laughs> with the shipmates, Nick Carnola, K7. Just a quick shout out to Claire as well. Everyone is tuning in live. Thank you for coming here and spending your Tuesday evening with us. We will do the matchup show. We'll look at philosophy next, though, Gabe. We will get a chance for Chris to come back in about Richard Troll, as he calls him. If you're on the podcast, I'm sorry that Richardson is on the thumbnail, but, you know, Spurs at home against Everton. A lot of people looking for a midfielder this week. Just saying. But we will get there in the matchups for Tottenham and whether it tactically aligns with someone like Richardson. You've got Richardson against the form team. Of course, but still at home. It's all good, True. man. Don't worry. Don't worry. I just want to see. I'm an Arsenal fan. It sounds like you're the Arsenal fan here. I'm being open-minded because in FPL, I need to be willing to get any differential to get an edge. So I will keep my eyes open and not hate on my rival team. So we will get to that match, though. Let's do the philosophy, I think. That's the next Right. OK, do. let's move it forwards then. Let's see what goes on. Come on, then, Gabe. Ex all right. Well, baffle me. Baffle me again. Apologies in advance for any mistakes in the upcoming slides. There are sure to be some. <laughs> short <laughs> run. I do. As, as, as the hollers know, I'm not an editor. I do zero editing. I just make the stuff. stuff. I, I make it. the stuff and I throw it on there. And when whatever it sticks to the wall, it sticks to the wall. So let's see if this one sticks um, to the walls of your, of your brain there, Mariner. Uh, FPL Philosophy Game Week 18 comes from, from WB Yates. The world is full of magical things, patiently waiting for our senses to grow sharper. And th this, this, this was a, a nod at kind of like um, just new revelations in FPL. When we, when we talk, talked about like the conditions for learning new things is an open mind and all of that. But as we have an open mind, we have to kind of like balance having an open mind and sharpening our senses and our analytical tool, toolkit. 
Um, so it's, it's a tough balance to strike sometimes, um, especially when you're playing a game as dumb as FPL. So um, just, you know, be patient, sit back. It is a world of wonder in and outside of SP FPL. And while you're sitting back, taking in this world of wonder and magic, sharpen the senses so you can better appreciate and understand the magic. If, if there is one thing that this game is not, is wonder. If there is one thing that this game does not do, is provide me magical things. And if there's one thing that this game does not do this season at all, is make my senses grow any sharper than they clearly uh, were a few seasons ago. <laughs> um, I detest this philosophy. Nina, what do you think? <laughs> I, I, I think, I, think I, I don't know about FPL having magical things, but the philosophy as a whole by WBE that the fact that the whole world is full of magical things, that, that seems <laughs> magical to hear at this time of the year in itself. So life is about what you make of it. And the magic you create in those days you live, that's what really ultimately makes it worth living at all. So I do think there's a lot to it. But maybe on FPL, I can see why Chris has lost the plot here. But it's so okay. <laughs> First of all, two things, two things. To lose the plot, you have to have the plot. It's debatable whether Maybe Chris has ever had the had plot. He's never had the hey, plot. Hey, come on. <laughs> hey, what's your, what's your highest finish, bloody penaloza? Hey? I don't do rank, remember? And the other thing I'll mention is I think Chris is taking his hatred to FPL and projecting it onto the philosophy each week. What you really like hate it, yeah. is FPL, Chris. You have to admit that. Or maybe it's just your rank. Which no it probably is. Really it, it probably is that actually, yeah, and it's worse than that. yours. And, and I know it's worse than yours as well, which makes oh, it nice. even worse. Cool. But yeah. there we go. There's another story. No, I mean, look, I just, I just love this uh, section. Normally, I do try to understand it. This week, I'm completely devoid of all understanding about FPL, uh, and I am reverting to the guy sat on the toilet looking miserable because that's how I feel right now about FPL. Um, shall we move on before we yeah, spend our entire evening? <laughs> Moaning about summary, to be honest. But the good thing is, this six minute 30 timestamp for anyone on podcast, it has the game week 18 uh, matchup summary. So you can come back here anytime. We're not going to go through it now, really, I don't think, apart from maybe just calling out that Aston Villa at home have a 2.45 XG best of the week, 2.1 for Fulham home to Burnley, and Newcastle away at Luton 1.99. Those are the top three for the game week for the big blank game week 18. You can come back here, but I'm just going to keep going. So that was a six-minute, 30 timestamp. Seven minutes, we're going to do the first matchup, and we'll look at these individually, guys. And then we'll summarise again at the end. So let's go straight into Crystal Palace versus Brighton, seven minutes in. Brighton, 1.19 XG. 1.19, did I say? Yeah, net XG. Crystal Palace, 1.45. It is like a tight game here. Really depends what happens. Uh, Brighton just lost their run. It was the fourth-best run in Premier League history of goals in successive Premier League games. It was the fourth longest ever consecutive goal in every game for Brighton of any Premier team. And they lost it when Arsenal kept a clean sheet, my beloved Arsenal. So very happy to take that record. But I think you know why the vengeance. That's you know why, why they lost it, don't you? You know why they lost it, don't you? Well, why did Cause they? Because Craig, Craig called it out on the show last week. <laughs> <laughs> I did listen. That was a long time ago now to ask me, but... 
I'm into like the club or club tonight. I'm looking at those lineups. Yeah, I've forgotten what happened in those games. But let's talk about Chris Price versus Brighton. So any assets here that are worth having? Maybe there's some owners of someone like Mitoma. They're hoping you could give them some good words. Maybe Crystal Palace defence. Could they get a clean sheet? You know, what, what are your thoughts, Gabe, on this? And then we'll look at the FDR as well. I know on Chris's side. So we'll do the next G. And I see you've returned the graphics for anyone on podcast. Come to the 8 minute 22 for Crystal Palace versus Brighton. And you can see the actual individual graphics of the player positions as well and the pass maps. There's some interesting stuff here. So, yeah, I'll take it away, Gabe. And we'll, we're doing better than last couple of weeks, so I'll say. Sub 10 minutes, we've got to the first matchup. Everyone in the chat, just tell me, isn't that quicker than normal? So we'll keep going, but we'll get to the Q&A quicker. <laughs> People That's are asking who the new boy is. As a... <laughs> Here we go. Well, Arsenal, um, well, Brighton definitely lost that record because I, um, I took a minus eight to take out triple Arsenal defense because they were going into this tough run. So the, so that's, that's, that's why it was bound to happen. That could have changed your whole season on its own in that one week. Bloody hell. I mean, I mean, I seriously, man, but whatever. (laughs) When when you don't look at rank, nothing really matters. uh, (laughs) Nothing matters. Uh, Honestly, I I think these are are two just teams that are completely dysfunctional, ravaged by injuries, even though some players are getting healthy. Um, I I think it's a fire sale. All all of these players, if you have Brighton assets, if you have Palace assets, get rid of them, bring in assets on good teams. Um, But if you are trying to attack Brighton, um, I you attack Brighton down the flanks. They have replacements outside backs, um, and and then Brighton attacking Crystal Palace. I really like the only kind of the creativity follows kind of Pascal Gross, but I, I I'm not recommending any Brighton players. I'm just I'm recommending sell sell all these players even we, this we week. Simple about against Palace. Yeah, even even before seeing Mariner's data that he's going to bring up right yeah. now and show us. So even let's, that's let's how confident we are. Yeah, let's <laughs> yeah. have a look. I'm, uh, and it's really <laughs> vomit comet. This is a vomit comet of a game if ever I saw one. Um, although it's a local derby, so you can never tell. It's their local derby. It's their local. It's their. It's their. It's their biggest rivals. It's their biggest rivals, isn't it? No, no, Palace, no, no. I'm not live, having that. But I'm not Palace. Having I live close to. I tell you what. I live close to. Uh, I live close Park, to Park, 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 Yeah. And I'll tell you now, they don't like Brighton. <laughs> they do not like Brighton. Um, but anyway, there we go. Brighton minus 1.4 attack, Crystal Palace zero. And there is nothing much in it apart from a little bit down the left for Brighton, a little bit down the right for possibly for Palace. Uh, XG at 1.1 and 1.3 matchups, nothing there. Maybe a headed matchup for, for uh, Palace. But I tend to agree with you, Gabe. But I mean, Short of Pascal Gross, who I think is probably the only player who remotely interests me for Brighton right now. Um, their matchup, their fixtures aren't great going forwards, I don't think. Palace are Palace. Um, yeah, Elise, maybe the only, maybe the may develop into a bit of a talisman for Palace going forwards with Eze being out, but apart from that, nothing, I don't think. Well, as a guy, he came in as a sub, didn't he? Did he? Is he back again? Yeah, yeah, he's back. Oh, is yeah, he? I yeah, didn't see that. I didn't see that. But I, I, and and I haven't heard much news on it. But but he, so he no. came in as a sub, so he might be kind of back. But he, even Olise, 
um, like Palace without Eza, or let, let's just talk about Palace without Eza. They, they're kind of depending on Mateta's movement, kind of drifting to in, to the left. And Elise has been like he has nobody to play with. He's got no friends. Um, so he, he's isolated and without friends, he can't be the talisman, right? He can't like lead a team if he's like separated from the team. So I, I just, I just see dysfunction, um, on, on both sides. Yeah. Don't invest anywhere. Fair enough. Don't think we need to talk too much about this. We've got FPL discomfort making a prediction here. Palace to will win one nil with a Gway header by the look of things. There we go. Let's see if he's right or will he have discomfort? The, the one thing on, on Brighton, Brighton, in my opinion, are, are better with the João Pedro um, Buonanote combination rather than the Lalana Ferguson combination. I mean, Lalana is just a dumb player. He just runs, right? So he's just a, a, a runner, like a Tasmanian devil running around with, with no head. And then, and then Ferguson, he's a great finisher, but he's got nobody to create for him. Um, so, and Ferguson isn't creative himself. He's not, nah. he, he will drop in, but he's not going to like create plays and enable other players. Whereas, yeah. uh, João Pedro will do that. So I think João They're Pedro really, in the side yeah. elevates the other players just in general, yeah. as they get healthy, you may want to invest in the future. They're really, I was going to say, that's the point at the moment. They're really hammered. They've got loads of players out and everything. They have got a break now from Europe for a while, haven't they, at least? So they, they've got a, quite a chunk now where they might be able to sort of, no, no, maybe not play quite so many games. Uh, but yeah, should we keep going, Nima? What have we got yeah, next? I was going to say, let's go to the next matchup. So Aston Villa versus Sheffield, big one of the weekend. 2.45 next, Chief Aston Villa. 0.58 for Sheffield United. I'm glad I said the United this time. I've been getting hunted down on Twitter for saying Sheffield. So Sheffield United, you heard it here first, <laughs> first time. Yeah, so this looks like a captaincy game. I've got my boss team captain on Watkins. I don't have any other players. If I use a free transfer this week, it will be to buy a defender. And most likely, if I plan to get Haaland back in game in 19, it will be for a Vida defender. If I'm willing to go without Haaland for a bit longer till 20 or 21, if it looks like he's going to be out because he's not in the squad today, for the Club World Cup, for example, then I would look to go for maybe a Trippier or a Trent or spend a bit more. But I think for now, this I don't want Trent this week personally. And um, Trippier I could get against Luton. So that is an option I will keep open if Haaland looks like he's not coming back in game at 19. Then I'll get the money for him when I sell one of Sun or Salah in like 20 or 21 when they do. Because 20 is the last game either of them will play. They'll definitely miss 21. If their teams get out of the group stages, they'll miss, miss 22 as well. But, you know, we'll see how it goes. So I can make the money later. I just don't want to spend it yet, Chris. I think I was telling you off there. I don't want to spend the money if I then want Haaland back in 19. So I'm trying to wait what, as long as possible. What are we talking about early in Ireland for? We're playing Aston, it's Aston Villa against Sheffield United. But the reason I make that point is that I'm trying to emphasize that the Villa defender is great, but people are seeing the fixture Sheffield at home think it's amazing. Right, yeah. And they're like, I'll definitely buy these players, but I'm not so confident a clean sheet is going to happen. Yeah. And I would only buy them if you can't get to the bigger asset, like a Trippier right. or a Trump. Okay. They're my third option in defensive transfers in this week. That's my view, even though the next G seems to favor a clean sheet. So that's my kind of bold take of the week, I would say, that Villa won't okay. keep a clean sheet. And, Gabe, I mean, what, do you, what do you think? Well, yeah, I mean, all, all the data here, uh, Sheffield United 0.58 net XG. You, you don't usually see net XG that low. It's usually closer <laughs> to one. So, so I, I think I think a clean sheet is very likely, despite the, the wilder despite effect. what I'm saying, yeah. 
and well, I mean, it's it's that that's why it's a it's a hot take, right? Like it you is have, a hot take, yeah. Feeling. So so that, that yeah, that's that's cool. I, I could see Sheffield United; they, they could nick one, right? Like um, it's 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 entirely possible, especially if Villa get um maybe overly confident or maybe the loss of Bubakar Kamara in in midfield. Like if they play, if Cash goes into that spot you know th- there might be some frailties in like say cash giving away the ball because he's not the best um at playing through balls for example so say he That's gives away I'm the wondering. ball and they come yeah, back like on cash counter makes attack, a mistake right? and oh, yeah so and... it's entirely possible but i i would be betting on a, on a villa clean sheet myself um it, it's interesting like like for villa i mean we don't have to talk about ollie watkins right he's he's just obvious he's one of the best I mean, he be the, the, he's the guy you're buying this week right so a lot of people have darwin they're saying should i hold him anyway because I think it's the Burnley game in 19. Oh yeah, I thought sort I of put that out there. So, so well, you there there'll yourself. be enough Darwin talk later, I think. <laughs> yeah. But but in this <laughs> one, I, I think um I think I think Leon Bailey's really interesting. Um getting kind of, kind of getting away from the three center backs of, of Sheffield United. Um I own cash and I'm actually I'm starting cash. I'm betting that cash starts in central midfield. Um, it's not an ideal situation, of course, but uh, but I do think the loss of uh, of Kamara kind of lends to that. If if you know if Kons is going to play right back, um, and you have Diego Carlos and Pau Torres, I don't know if Pau Torres is healthy. That he is flagged. Um, he might miss and then, out. Then you yeah. say he might miss out. And then on the left, I mean, the the guy to get, even though he's five million, is is Alex Moreno. By far, like we we, we talked about this at the beginning of the season, right? And then and but the problem is he was injured. But I, and he I shows think up being, the week that they're home against Sheffield. It's like well, goals, he, it's like the stars aligning. If you get in this week and he starts, but the thing is, the, the thing is, he played last weekend, right? And he's I just know. coming back off a long-term injury, so it'll probably be Dean again. Yeah, so it'll probably be Dean, unfortunately, and I don't think Dean is a long-term so asset, whereas Moreno could be. Week. So neither of them are good. Yeah. Um, so I mean, this one. Looking at the attackers, uh, Leon, Leon Bailey and and Ollie Watkins for me. Um, if somebody has David Luiz, um, I, I think he's a solid start as well. As Sheffield United kind of like sit deep, that the three center backs are sitting quite deep. Space in front of them opens up, and often it's the cent- central midfielder who uh, who gets something here. So it could be um, like McGinn or or, or, or Luis or something like that. So McGinn is also expected to start at the 10. And I think that's really interesting. I bet McGinn gets something if he does start at the 10. Nice. Anything from you, Marino? Do you want to keep going to the next one? Well, no, we better look at the fixture difficulty at the same time, haven't we? Because yeah, the fixture yeah, difficulty is quickly, also yeah. top. It's also top for, yeah, so uh, for 2.5, top defense as well. Mm-hmm. Um, XG, top 2.1, big chances. Second top, 3.2. Shots on target, top, 6.7. And shots in the box, what's that? Equal four, equal four, equal fourth, uh, 10.5. So, yes, uh, Watkins is a very, very solid captain to shout. The only question I've got, really, is a Diaby owner, and I really want to sell him. But I have had too many other fighters, quite frankly. He's on your bench at the moment, isn't he? At the moment, he's benched because I can't be certain he's going to start, and that's my big problem. If he starts, he's going to—he can easily get something in this game. I'm just not convinced he's going to start. Is it worth starting him and then hoping he gets a return off the bench? Because he—he's normally getting about 30 minutes, even if he comes off the bench these days. So, I could consider that because this is a really good matchup, but it's a bit of a tricky one. I don't know what your perspective is on that. Hmm. I think just their home record right now since Emery came as well 
It's just, this is like the best team at home. They just done Arsenal and City like in the same week. Um, this is definitely a team. The fact that I only have Watkins going into it as a captain, and he'll probably what be like one seventy, one eighty EO. I reckon. Yeah, I'd guess. Yeah, I'd guess. in my Very in my high. ranks, maybe I'm lucky and it will be like one sixty. Who knows? With some of the Haaland cells, maybe we'll all shift towards him. Uh, I was going to say it's such a shame that Haaland isn't playing this week because that Watkins captaincy would be really tasty again. It's a, yeah, it's the week where the, yeah. I think you could see in a you could see in an opposition against one of the shall we say one of the go-to captaincy choices yeah, for the Hawks for the Hawks. Well. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So anyway, uh, yeah, I really like it. I. Uh, there's a people, yeah, yeah. I think Watkins. We'll see later on where he where he pops out, but safe to say he's uh, he's going to be very adjacent in the captaincy metric for obvious reasons. Look at and it's look at the look at the uh, look at Gabe's info. It's like a traffic light, and so's mine. Yeah, the, the, the one thing that the the zonals don't really pop, which indicates that the um, most likely the tactical matchups will dictate where the production comes from, not necessarily the zonal matchups. There are a few questions that are that we can we can answer really quickly that are that are relevant because the the villa rotation is is kind of one of the biggest concerns, right? Claire FPL asks, uh, will Diaby be benched again? Would you start him versus Sheffield United? My my thinking is that Diaby will be benched again. Um and and he'll likely get minutes. So I, I don't it depends what your replacement option is, but I'm I'm I don't I'm not in love with that start versus Sheffield United. And, and I think a hit to, for someone like Richarlison might be a good idea. Uh, <laughs> but funny uh, how when I put him on the top, all roads lead to Richarlison. Every midfielder question, watch this now. I bet yep. you over 50% of the midfielder sales this week for a punt will be to Richarlison. I, I'm 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 directing everyone that way just to troll Mariner. <laughs> Multi live evil asks us: Is Moreno first choice left back or Dean? So it's a very Dean it's a very good job. Okay. I wasn't drinking this at the time. <laughs> um, I I, I would say when when they're both healthy, uh, full, fully fit and and able to play every game, then I, Moreno's probably first choice. He's he's much better both going forward and and in defense. Um, but right now, I think I think it's just a strict rotation because because Moreno's just coming back off injury. Nice. All right, I think we keep going. Um, and we'll, we'll come back to these players in the captaincy metric, I'm sure. So, West Ham versus Man United. This one. So, just going to give myself the timestamp twenty two forty. Why don't we uh, have a look at this? This does not look great, to be honest. Um, I have Bowen. It doesn't look too great for him either. But let's see. West Ham have a 1.28 net XG to Man United's 0.99. So I don't really see much going on here. Kind of like a draw, like a 1-1 draw. But I would love to see a Bowen Hall for obvious reasons. Um, let's see if he can do it. Let's see if he can do it. What are your thoughts tactically, Gabe? Do, do you see anything interesting happening in this game? Do you see United changing anything? Because, you know, we've been seeing the numbers recently and I think they show that Hoyland and Martial, they're both the least past two forwards in the whole Premier League in terms of like their teammates finding them. And I saw a number I couldn't believe was real. And it was basically that the front three, since Rashford's been out, they provided him like 10 passes between them. And they're like, in 660 minutes of football, 10 times they've given him the ball and he's received it. And I just think, what are those wingers doing? 
while Rashford's been out. So it, it's crazy. Like he looks like he's industrious. He still tries to make everything happen. He's trying to survive off scraps, barely any touches at all. So I do wonder how good it would be for him if there was more chance creation happening. Maybe if Bruno was playing further up the pitch. So I'm trying to obviously be constructive because I feel like they've been like a broken record this season. Um, like obviously, they got the result and that was huge against Liverpool. I was rooting them on for that, for sure. But it didn't look that great. Like I would put myself out on a limb and say that if Liverpool played the way they did against United, against Arsenal this weekend, we will take our chances and it will not. They, they won't have a clean sheet like they did against United. So I do think United's on kind of comeback time, hopefully. I've been calling it for a few months. It's yet to happen. But I'm hoping little results change things and people coming back from injury. And let's see what happens over Christmas. But um, yeah, overall, I don't want assets from United. I'm definitely happy with Bowen at home. I got him weeks ago and the decision at the time, Gabe, was... In game week 18, I was like, he plays United. Will United be good by then? That was my question. And mm. I'm not sure if I'm too concerned about Bowen's returns here. I'll be honest with you. Famous last words. What are your thoughts? I mean, I'm I'm still I'm still battling some resentment of over not over wasting two hours of my life watching Liverpool Manchester United. <laughs> Good. Like uh, I, I don't know if I, I don't know if I'll be able to forgive either one of these teams all season. I mean, Ten Hag and United and Darwin and Liverpool. You're on my. Is it? Yeah, you're on my fucking hate list right now because you're stealing moments of my life, and then I have to spend more moments fucking writing about them. God damn, they're they're the the worst teams to write about, to talk about, to listen about this season. Manchester United. Um, that 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 stat doesn't surprise me at all uh, re- regarding how many um, passes oh, like, like received. Ten passes he received. Um, no, from because you like have minutes. who are your, who are your wingers? You have two. This dribb- was got, this was dribblers. Anthony and Garnacho. And yeah, Anthony on the one side. Who, what does he do? He dribbles. So so don't expect him to pass, right? Don't put Anthony on the wing and say, "Oh my God, Hoyland's not getting any service." Well, that's by design because you put fucking Anthony on the wing, right? And then on the other side, Garnacho, he scores one wonder goal from outside the box, and every game he's trying three of these. Dude, like that was your moment. Move on, get better as a player. These moments aren't going to happen even every season, especially not for a player of his lack of ability. So um, I, I don't know. Still, Manchester United, not worth talking about. I, I <laughs> there, there are some people saying that Manchester United have a fixture swing coming up, and I, that, that makes me laugh. That's hilarious. Who cares? It's irrelevant. Um, I think this season, the people who've done best in FPL, it was the people who got off double United midfield quickest. The people yeah. who held on for the longest to two midfielders in that slot, when all the midfielders were popping, they had the slower starts to the season. So yeah. hopefully the assets will become an option at a point. But isn't Bruno, am I wrong to think he's suspended in this game for the fifth yellow? He was suspended was last week. So he'll, he'll be back. Uh, he'll be back um, but for West Ham, I think our starting... So West Ham have been awful in open, in open play all season. But I think last game we started to see something. And that's that's with more Paqueta influence centrally. So Paqueta is uh, is serving as a link. On, in the, on the left image there we have Paqueta. Um, I think those are key... Yeah, key passes. Key passes versus Wolves. And notice they're all kind of like from central or a couple from the left or one from the left there, but mostly from central to the right side. 
And that's that's how that's how Kudus got both his goals. And that's how Bowen got his goal, like from from linking through mid midfield to that right side. So the, the thing with Bowen is and the thing with West Ham in general is West Ham, they they play with the nine and they need the nine, but the nine is not the goal scorer. So Bowen as the nine is not as good as Bowen on the right. Especially when you have Paqueta using that really nice left foot to curl balls outside to the right, quickly curled balls and counterattack through that right side. So I, th- I think um, whoever's playing on the right side in, in the existing setup where Paqueta is linking the counterattack forward, um, it's it's the player who who's on the right side who's going to benefit from that. Now, that being said, Bowen did get his goal at the end of the game by shifting over to that right side. So Bowen's not locked in as a nine. There is movement there. So I think I think he's still a good asset. He's he could still get something here. This does feel like a like a one one, but a, a a West Ham win wouldn't surprise me here. Fair. Yeah, what 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 are you saying, Chris? Let's have a little look. Ah, pretty neutral, really, in many senses. West Ham slightly positive on a, on attack. Manchester United negative on attack. But, you know, Manchester United have been negative. Everyone's negative on Manchester United these days, so why shouldn't the fixture difficulty be? Um, XG 1.1 for Manchester United, 1.4 Villa, uh, Villa, uh, West Ham, sorry, and headed, headed matchup, sorry, 3.3 for West Ham, so maybe something there. Again, I tend to agree with what Gabe's saying. It, it's, it's two teams. That I, I'm not even that convinced about West Ham right now. I can't really work up, work out them. One week they're bloody awful, the next week they're okay. Um, the zones look a bit. Them, yeah. the, the zones look okay. Um, that's what I would say. 3.9 left, 4.3 centre, 3.7 right. Um, but yeah, Manchester United. The, the only surprise is they're not darker red than they already are. That's all I can say. Can't even make a joke about them. I'm beyond. I'm beyond making jokes about them. Really, it's just like I say. It's one of the worst games I've watched. It's one of the worst games I've watched for a long time. That that game is normally a cracker. It was absolute crap. I'm so pleased I had to go for a drive out. I missed. I missed the first half. Thank God. Hmm. Fair, fair. Let's keep going. We'll talk about these players. I'm sure. Um, on to happier topics. Yeah. Uh, I was going to say, I'm really miserable, aren't I? I need to cheer up. <laughs> Here we go. We'll cheer, we'll cheer up with Fulham and, and uh, Colm oh, will get involved fuck. in the chat. Seriously, fucking hell. What's it? <laughs> the second best net XG of the week for Fulham at home, 2.1. Burnley, 0.84. So, looks like a convincing Fulham victory here, but... What what are your thoughts in terms of assets? Are there any mids that we could be targeting? I know some people went differential there last week with the likes of Willian. I'm not sure his injury status. It seemed like he came off with a knock. So overall, would you be investing in Fulham this week? Like, is the FDR that good to warrant it? Would you say? Yes, one hundred percent. Yes. Um, it's interesting so that Fulham's right. So free hit team Fulham's... that will free. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, it's interesting that Fulham's right is lighting up. Uh, last week I mentioned Alex Iwobi was kind of like the key for Fulham. And and true enough, I think that's what that's showing there. But it's also showing Burnley's um, vulnerability on their on their own left-hand side. So so that that that's why that right is showing up. But here, here's the one thing for Fulham. So a lot of people went in on Raul Jimenez, um, Colm being one of them. Brought him in for a minus as as part of a minus twelve last game week. Unfortunately, the poor guy 
Um, but I, I got to be honest, I'm I'm considering, I'm I'm strongly considering hitting in Muniz, Alvarez to Muniz. I think Muniz bangs versus Burnley. Last time Fulham had such a high um, net XG, they scored five. I'm not saying they're going to score five, but I think I think three goals against Burnley is is well within reason here. Fulham at home and and Mooney's coming in coming he played he played a few minutes he's coming off of an injury so he is a bit of a risk I don't know what his price is Do you guys know what Mooney's price is uh, I'll tell you in just a second um yeah he's 4.4 he's a 4.4 forward that's going to start against Burnley <laughs> that is pretty nice and, that could be a big and, fun if I've got like an archer and I want to Mixing yeah, up. exactly, exactly, and and he's good. He's a solid player, and he fits this team. He was doing well before he got injured. So um, I, I'd love to get uh, Colm's thoughts on 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 Muniz. Wait, what's your data say, Mariner? Ah, well, it thinks yeah, Fulham go. are going to thrash. It thinks Fulham are going to thrash him, and it thinks they're going to keep a clean sheet as well while you're at it. So yeah, he really likes them. But again, you know how much of that is there's no Jimenez, right? Which is through his. Uh, Rather entertaining, uh, <laughs> thoughtless was behavior. I don't think it was actually the champagne moment of the entire weekend. If you ask me, uh, there was there was oh, obviously yeah. there was one or two things on the opposite. There was one thing particularly at the opposite end of the spectrum, which was really very, 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 very worrying. But from a perspective of trying to get a laugh out of FPL this weekend, I think watching Jimenez. Um, with his with his kung fu, with his kung fu was was quite impressive. Um, but he's not playing this week, like you say. So, I, I mean, Willian. If Willian's out as well, then he's back. Yeah. So Combs says that he should play against. Uh, hang on a second. Yeah. Hang on. Hang on. So you carry on. Carry on. Go ahead. Go ahead. Um, the the one thing, like, just to, to comment on the kick really quick while Mariner's away. Um, Jimenez's kick was so great because. Like he, as he was about to plant his cleats <laughs> in the guy's teeth, right? He like had a moment of like, it's like he woke up. He's like, wait, where am I? He's like, oh, oh, I'm in the air. I'm about to knock this guy's block off. And he pulls his leg back. Oh, I saw he's like pulling, hope, pulling the leg back. He's like hoping that, that that'll save him from the red card. I'm like, I was wondering too. I'm like, I wonder if that moment, that realization will save him from the red card. But nope. <laughs> It was just the the thought to put him off from ever trying something like that again. Exactly. It was a symbol (laughs) sent to the league. Sorry about that. I just had someone trying to deliver a parcel to the wrong house. It's quite normal. But um, (laughs) knocking on the window, knocking on the window, midnight. (laughs) Well, it's not midnight, so it's ten o'clock. But this, you know, it's just quite normal. They're always knocking on the wrong house. But now going back to this, uh, I mean, look, the numbers are really, really strong for Fulham, aren't they? But as I say, put it in context. You know, there could be a couple of, you know, key players out for them. Um, I, do you know what, Gabe? I, I know you see it for a one, you know, if, you, if you've got a player bringing in for, you know, give them a go against Burnley, I can see it. There's nothing much in the long range for Fulham, I just looked. So mm. even though the fixtures aren't, don't look terrible, there's not a lot there. So I don't know, I'd be busting my ass to bring a player in like that, given the fact that Jimenez is only in, out for three weeks. Uh, he'll be back Yeah. In. Of course. I mean, they have Burnley, Bournemouth, and then they go into like Arsenal, Chelsea, yeah. Everton. I think are all tough. Yeah, like, they, yeah, they are. But then, but then they go Burnley, Bournemouth again, and they go so Villa, Villa home, and Villa home is good. Yeah, yeah you can at four point yeah. four, four point four million forward. 
if he's playing, if he's playing, if he's playing, he won't. It won't be by the time Jimenez is back. Yeah, that's the problem, right? Yeah. Yeah, good point. You need him for the next two weeks only. So let's keep yeah. going. Luton versus yeah. Newcastle. Uh, I think it's the third best net XG of the week. Newcastle away at Luton, 1.99, 1.64 for Luton. Um, I currently only, well, I don't have anyone apart from Dubravka because, yeah, I'd, I'd sold Gordon at some point. I think mm. when he got the massive haul, he's returned consistently since. I don't have any midfielders I want to sell this week. So for me, it's only really if I would take like a Wilson punt. Or if I would want to get a defender like Trippier in to add to Dubravka. So I'm in that situation. I might get Trippier. I think I'd get him over Trent this week. I, I, fixtures are king mm-hmm. for me. And I'm, I'm not going to be getting Trent in a clean sheet fixture against Arsenal. I'm not going to. It's just not happening. Um, so, yeah. What are your thoughts on this game? Is it all it's cracked up to be? It, should it be the third best next year of the week for Newcastle? I don't think so. Not not Newcastle at, at home. I think um, so. So I've noticed Newcastle and and I the uh, no sorry Luton at home. The the first let's see which one is the right. The first one is is them at home, and you see how like the, the first image there with the orange dots. See how at home they're actually much more evenly spaced and spread out, which is weird. Whereas away that they sit much. They sit like in a in a shell a lot more, and away they get broken down. and And I think what's going on here is they are in a shell away, but they play much more passively. They let the other team do things, do whatever they want. Whereas at home, they play aggressively and they play physically because they want to at least like show their fans that like they know like, look, we're not as good as the other team. We're not going to be as good as any of the other teams we face this season. But at least we can show them we're here and we can bang them up. And and so I think I think Luton at home are there are more spaces, but there are more crunching tackles, and there's less time on the ball for Newcastle as well. And I think that that disrupts um, the opposition's attack. So I mean I think maybe high ones is is for NetXG is fair for Newcastle here, but I don't see them. I see them maybe dominating this game, but certainly not running away with it. And as far as Newcastle assets are concerned. Um, Anthony Gordon played more centrally. Um, you see him there at number 20, 10 in the uh, third image. Um, and when as he played more centrally, he, he's showing that he can do different things. He's not just running past, running outside of defenders and towards goal. He's linking play. He's providing the change of point of attack, switching it to the other side and stuff like that. So I think Anthony Gordon's influence is growing, uh, growing in the team, and his role is growing in the team. So... Um, I still, Any I still think about he's a... Barnes though, in terms of like him coming back with that maybe impact the minutes, or is Isaac injury perhaps more serious than we first thought? And Wilson needs to share with these guys, Barnes and Gordon. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think uh, Barnes be getting healthy should in maybe indicates that Gordon could be rested. Maybe he should be rested at some point. Um, but Gordon is also versatile. Like I, I don't, I don't think Almeidon has been very good this season at all. So Gordon yeah. could move to the right, for example, right? And um, through that versatility, just learning to play on different parts of the pitch, he's getting the opportunities to play everywhere. And he, he does yeah, look good. Yeah. That's why I originally had him, right? So going back for him at some point is on the cards. I just this seems like a good entry point as any, but I don't have any mids yeah. on as well. That's the problem. So if you had a mid you wanted to sell, I guess my response would be. Would you be going with Charleston over like a Gordon? And I suppose we need Tottenham's mm-hmm. match up to compare them fairly. But 
Once we see Tottenham's yeah. matchup, then we can compare the two. I think that's a that's a that's a fair, good comparison. I, I like that comparison. So Gordon has, I mean, Luton and Forest. You can't pass those two up, right? I, I say the manager. Yeah, yeah, and then they, then they they have three tough ones in Liverpool, City, and Villa away. Villa away is tough before three easy ones again. So um, they got good ones on either I, side of those. Yeah. I'd probably go. I'd probably go Richarlison of, of those two because yeah, Ever Everton, Everton's not an easy fixture, but at least they're home, right? And then you have Brighton, Bournemouth, United, Brentford before seeing Everton again. So, uh, so definitely, definitely. I think I'd agree, hundred <laughs> percent. I've got a question. I've got a question though. No, um, no time for your question. You're talking about, go no, no, no. Seriously, one. you're talking about That's you're talking about Richarlison against Gordon, right? Hmm. Richarlison's cheaper, right? Oh, God's cheaper, first of all, oh. right? Yes, their fixtures, and you know, but Spurs are going to lose Son in a week or two. That makes Richarlison even better. Then what? Well, does it though? Does it though? I mean, I, you've got. So. I mean, basically, I mean, I can tell you, I'm going to, I'm going to spoil it at this moment in time. The player who's top on talisman for Spurs in the next five weeks is Damien Porro. Of course, it's poor. Yeah, because because nobody else. Because the point is, is that Son is going to be disappearing. So you're going to be relying. There's not, you know, from from my side of it, you know, you take Kane out the side. Okay, Son, Son comes to the fore. You take Son out the team as well. Then what? So should we yeah, maybe right, save Rich this Allison, discussion for the Tottenham slide? Save that for Tottenham. Well, yeah, but you're, ta- right. you're but you're comparing Anthony Gordon. I think well, we, we, should, we, we need to do that. Right, but Gordon. now we're bringing Poro into the discussion. Like. We're, we All right. Well, anyway, here we go. Have a look at mine. So have a look at mine. Have a look at mine. Then have a look at mine. Then Newcastle top three, uh, three point nine, second best. Uh, left favors Gordon again, three point eight. Um, big chances top three point three. Um, I tend to agree with you, Gabe. That I'm not sure it's as easy as it looks. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that there will be a reaction for Luton on the basis of Lockyer, for sure. I think the fans will get behind the team 100% more than ever. Um, but also Lockyer's missing. So there's a big player out of that team, um, an absolute leader for them, actually. And uh, it's going to be quite tricky. I think it'll be an interesting one to see how this one plays out. It maybe is slightly more difficult than it looks, though, I think. But I still think Newcastle have got more than enough to beat Luton, and I think, but I think it'll be late again. I think it'll be. I think they'll give them a go, and I think it'll be three. I, I think three-one. If you ask me, that's where I would go with this. Hmm. You, I can't so see a clean Luton, sheet. By the way, you think Luton score, huh? I do. Yeah, definitely. By the way, yeah, this is an interesting information from Chris as well. So he says that Nakamba will may serve the five yellow suspension in this fixture for Luton rather than. Uh, the Bournemouth game, if it's voided, so that's one to keep an eye out on as well. Because yes, because the still, game week's missing. still open. Because yeah. yeah, the game yeah. week's still open, isn't it? I don't no, think they've the even, league league haven't even decided. Yes, yeah, so no, no one's decided what's going on. I'm yeah, really lost. Well, anyway, it's, uh, well, it's uh, that, and this is like more evidence that FPL is so dumb, right? Like, like they they still haven't decided what's going on. And in fantasy Bundesliga, if a like they. You know what happens. You know what happens before the season. There's like, a contingency it, it, for the plan, yeah. 
if, a, play, yeah, if, if a game doesn't go on, then the players get their average points for the season. Whether you like it or not is irrelevant. That's just at least they have a plan. At, at least, least we you know, know what's yeah. going on. <laughs> <laughs> I wish we knew. That is a good point. Um, they, they will let us know. But my biggest worry is that if the Premier League doesn't decide by Thursday, FPL will need to make a decision and they don't have a clause about what to decide. So they're just being made to look worse and worse because at the end of the game week, like literally minutes later, they put out a one-sentence announcement of that they'll talk about it in due course. But like there is no plan. And if the, they're relying on the Prem to make a decision and then give their plan off the back of it. I, but in the, I think yeah, if they don't, yeah. if they don't, what are I, they going to do? What are they going to do? They're getting feedback from the major content creators to see what kind of players they have, what would what works best for them, so then they'll proceed that way. It's the adding, it's adding it's a little adding conspiracy you, theory you, to the mix. You, you cynical old git, you. I know. If they own the, if the admin owns Solanke, then the points will stand. Right. So let's go to Nottingham Forest versus Bournemouth, speaking of the uh, southern coast. So... This is an even-looking game on the surface. You got Bournemouth 1.49 net xG with Nottingham Forest 1.52. Could we see a new manager bounce? Um, sounds like Nuno could be the leading contender going back into the Prem to take over from Steve Cooper there. So, what are your thoughts? Oh yeah, I mean, poor Steve Cooper. <laughs> the, the guy, he's um, I mean. He has there's no there's no presence in the box, right? There's um Elanga, I think it was Elanga and Gibbs White. There's there's no nine, and you're trying to play like you have players to play crosses and you play them kind of narrowly. So but you're trying to play this attacking brand, you're trying to force this brand of football on on a team that's not ready to play that. Um and so so yeah, I I just see them uh, they're another dysfunctional team at the moment. I I they do have some potential. I don't know if Nuno is, is the right is right fit for them or not. I think uh, Forest fans would probably know better than than I would. But I mean, again, here here we look at um, that despite the zonal, the poor zonal for Bournemouth here at two point six. Um, I mean, so Solanke's just the the target. We see what happens after subs from the third image there to the fourth, whereas. The, in the third image, Solanke right there at, at the tip of the spear, and then the fourth image. There's kind of like uh, they they lose some penetration. Um, so really lo- looking to Solanke and and the providers are really going to just uh, just depend on on the opponent. I think against Forest, if if Forest are in a back five, then I like kind of like Justin Clivert. If Forest are in a back four, I probably like Tavernier serving things up more a little bit more. Um, I, I'm interested to see the headed matchups and the stuff on your end, Mariner. Yeah, okay, let's have a look then. Um, it really is very neutral, actually. It doesn't really doesn't necessarily like Solanke at all, I don't think. I agree with the central matchup's quite low. Um, Nottingham Forest right springs out to a certain extent. X, the XG matchup's 1.4, 1.5, very similar. Sounds like there's no goalkeeper influence on it because I think for the, that's the only difference, I think, pretty much. Um Interestingly enough for Bournemouth, shots in the box, 9.3, which is quite high. Headed matchups, very good at 3.3 against Forest. And 3.5 for Forest against Bournemouth on a headed matchup with even more shots in the box at 10.5. So I think the key is here 
is that there's lots of there's shots in the box, but there's not <laughs> there's you know uh, only not so much with respect to shots on target. So they might shoot, but they're going to miss. Um, <laughs> Fair, fair enough. Um, I, I, I think I, I think um, I'm not sure. I really I'm playing Solanke, obviously. We'll, we'll get, get to we'll get to Darwin later. Chris. We're not talking no, about Darwin yet. I'm talking about Solanke. <laughs> uh, I, I like Solanke, but I I don't know he's going to get anything this week. I think there will be a Forest bounce. Actually, City ground will be bouncing. Yeah. But you're a big Forest fan, closet Forest fan, I know. Yeah, so, well, I like. No, and I, I'm very I'll sad for Cooper. I'm very sad for Cooper. I'm very sad for Cooper. I, I think, think he's. He, yeah, he's. You know, yeah. it's very difficult when you've got so when the, when they've spent so much money, they're absolutely ravaged by injuries as well, which is you know and you know they've they've been really struggling with injuries, and I feel it's a bit. I don't know. I'm not quite sure they'll improve the position by bringing a new manager in. Quite frankly, that's my view anyway. Could I do think there'll be a bounce. Give a better pick. We'll see. I guess. My, see yeah, maybe. But I do think it's. I do think it's. I do think you know. Just generally speaking, just football on football side of things, I think Steve Cooper did amazing things for Forest, and mm. it's a very very sad death that he's gone. It is no hundred percent. Um, is there anything you want to say in terms of assets in this game, Gabe, or? Should we keep making progress and get to the Q and A quicker? For for Bournemouth, if you're looking at Bournemouth defense, um, typically only good at home, and a lot of people <laughs> going for Senesi because he scored recently. But but Kirkus is Kirkus is the pick for me. Nice. Oh, I was say we can't spend ten minutes talking about Bournemouth defense again. We really oh, must oh, move no, we're here. We're doing well. We're on the seventh game, I believe. Forty-nine minutes, so I'm doing great for time. Tottenham yeah. versus Everton. If you're on the podcast, the next G here is quite even again. One point five nine for Everton. Team in form at the moment. Spurs one point four six. I. What do I have? I have just Son in this game. Where Charleston we're talking about as an option. Is there anything if he plays centrally? The Tottenham central zone or four point seven. That sounds out as I think it's the second best zone of the week. Maybe there's one 5.4, but I won't spoil who that's for. So we'll get there later. Um, you like that little rhyme, but um, it was all accidental too. So yeah, 4.7 central matchup for Richarlison. We've got 4.4 matchup on the right. So that could again be interesting. But what are your thoughts here? Is it time to load up on more Tottenham players or is the team in form Everton going to really put them to the test? Yeah, so I I, I want to get straight to the, the conversation that Mariner had brought up because I, I do think it's a good one, especially looking at the central and right um, zonals for Spurs. Mm -hmm. um, and, and then talking about how um, how the loss of... If, if Son is playing the left, right, how the loss of Son on the left maybe impacts Richarlison moving forward um, or, or, or if it doesn't, since the creativity will be likely be coming from the right anyway. Um, I, I think this is I think this is a game made for for Richarlison, um, and, and I think the the chance creation will likely come from Porro. I, th I think Sun is is a decent uh, asset in this one as well. Um, so Everton they they moved to a back five, which was interesting, and Dwight McNeil was playing wing back, left wing back. I don't know. I I don't know if they're going to do that again. If if Kulusevsky's on the right, I think they they could afford to do that because Kulusevsky's not really beating anybody with pace. He he slows the game down every time he gets the ball. Um, but he can be dangerous in, in terms of creativity. So 
but what, what's dangerous for Everton when, or yeah, in favor of Everton when, when they do that is McNeil bombing into the space behind Pedro Porro and creating for others, um, I, I think could be a thing. Or, or even Harrison, Harrison hitting long diagonal balls to, uh, to McNeil in that space. Um, I, I like Calvert Lewin in this week, in, in this one as well. I, I just think there'll be goals for both, both sides. Yeah. Tend to agree. Yeah. I tend to agree. Um, I think there will be goals both sides, but Everton's matchup's better than Spurs. Uh, well. Interesting enough on the fixture difficulty, which, you know, to me, that's quite interesting. Um, oddly enough, though, Everton's zonals don't show much. So they're not create, but they're, they just seem to be finishing. They just seem to be finishing things off right now. Um, big chances two, so you know, big chances two point eight for Everton as well. Very good. I think that's what fourth best for the game week, and headed matchups two point eight as well, which is quite high. Spurs, on the other hand, like you said, game uh, centre and right four point seven, four point four, and only three point six on the left. So yeah, it probably does suggest something for Porro. Uh, tend to agree with you, Rich Allison, if he's down the middle. Uh, XG one point seven against one point five. So Spurs slightly up on that. And slightly down on the fixture difficulties. So I think this is close. The one thing I see is a lot of shots in the box for Spurs, 10.9 <clears throat> on a matchup. Now, if Richarlison does what Richarlison does, he'll miss most of them um, and piss everybody off and brighten my day up no end whilst he's doing it. <clears throat> that said, he used to play for Everton, he's a shit house. He would be delighted. He would be delighted yeah. to score. Yeah. He's that type of player. It's this is. I actually, I hate to say it. I tend to agree with you. This is made for Rich Allison. Yeah. But I think <laughs> maybe not necessarily. Maybe I don't know whether I'm from the from the uh, from the tactics side of thing. But I think the optics suggests mm. that he's going to do something. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just the back. Just the backstory of the whole thing. Yeah. I- yeah, the, I mean the the yeah the, the narrative of it for sure favors Richarlison. I think it's interesting here. In wait, oh, sorry. go back to Mariners. Yeah, yeah. I, want, I want your data here, Mariner. So predicted. So let's just say eleven shots in the box for Spurs with two on the end of two big chances, and only seven shots in the box for Everton with three and big three chances. big chances. Yeah. So, so the way like, they're creating the, chances, they're big chances. Yes. Yeah, they don't create much, but when they do create something, it's big. Um, and that, yes. that's where I see like Calvert Lewin or some someone like that getting. Yeah. Some, and to be honest, between the Spurs, uh, you, you make a good point about Calvert Lewin because he, quite frankly, he should have scored last week with that header. Yeah. I don't know. It's yep. I don't know how they kept it out. Quite frankly, it was a very was, very good great, ball in a great header and a great save. So yes. on another day, Calvert Lewin gets a return. There, he's starting to look a bit sharper again. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, but uh, just one question: um, Is it McNeil? What do you think about him? Yeah, no, I I think he's great. I think um, the, like the creativity comes from Harrison and McNeil on the flanks, right? And sometimes they'll switch, but usually it's McNeil on the left and Harrison on the right. When McNeil was wing back last game, he was held back, so so the space in front of him opened up, and Harrison could hit those diagonal balls. I, I think I think McNeil's interesting um, and a decent asset, but I think there are other more interesting yeah. assets. Yeah, I think they probably are around that sort of price point. But yeah. it does make me wonder if they get a run of really nice home fixtures at some stage. 
I might start looking at them a bit, I have mm. to say. Um, they've done super well, given they've got that big pipe, that point deduction to be where they are. Let's face it, they're really informed. They're the form team. I think the they'd, they'd be team in Europe. And you're, you're the European yeah. places, if right? yeah, I yeah, I think so. About, about fourth, fourth, fourth or fifth, fifth. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah, absolutely. But uh, it'll be interesting to see how this one goes. I think there could be goals. Um, the only thing is, as I say, it's just it just very much depends on I think someone like Rich Allison. If <laughs> I think he could be the di- he could be the difference between the two teams, actually. As much as I hate to say it. Yeah, I'm glad that we've brought you around to our way of thinking. thinking no, you haven't. Probably. You haven't brought me round to it. I'm just saying my the realism in me, and you know, I mean, look, I, I'm like, I'm look, Rich Allison's my Harvey Barnes to Gabe. You know what I mean? Oh, it, okay, Rich Allison, he's he is absolutely. If there is a player who has pissed me off more than in in my entire FPL career, it has to be Rich Allison. Number two is <laughs> I, Callum Wilson. And number three number is, two is, is Callum uh, Wilson. Is Riyad Mahrez. Well, yeah, Riyad Mahrez is up there. And actually, Darwin Nunes has actually started to develop. Uh, but we'll come, on to him. We'll, we'll, come on to, we'll come on to him next. Fucking asshole. Right, anyway, right, sorry. Right, carry uh, on, Riyad carry on. Magic. At least you got to an hour in nearly without swearing. We've done great. 56 <laughs> minutes till uh, the first oh, F word actually came out a while ago. Gabe actually said it. Right. Um, Yes, he did. I was checking. I did. I did get the time. I was going to write it down. What a tidal right. tail over there. Um, so, <laughs> Liverpool versus Arsenal. Uh, one point six five XG for Liverpool. One point two three for Arsenal. It does look good. This fixture on the uh, net XG side for uh, Liverpool, especially at home. Central matchup, as we said, top of the week five point four. So, speaking of Darwin Nunez, tough to wonder whether you sell him this week because. If you just go on data, if you play on spreadsheets alone, you keep him for this game. But if you've been watching Darwin, and I think he's not scored in 10 games now. So, you know, you can keep him and hope that the data will, you know, the spreadsheet will help. But you do need context to the data. And I think I've avoided him. I've been fortunate. But I love what Gabe said about if you love him, you love Jackson. But a lot of people don't love Jackson. They love Darwin. And it feels Mm -hmm. similar for a lot of these picks where it's like, Surely you must love them all because right now, the likes of um, you know Jackson and Havertz, they've outscored Darwin in the league this season. Yeah. They were both laughing stocks earlier in the season. So mm-hmm. at some point, you've got to start questioning your favourite pick, this darling of the FPL community that just pulls up XG numbers but doesn't seem to get the points. And you're waiting for that one huge haul two seasons in to get what? the points. So for me, well, it's a sell regardless of the data. That's the picture I wanted to I, put out there. I would love to sell him. I would love to sell that ponytail prick. But the trouble is I can't because I've got too many other fires to put out, which is the story of my FPL season. Should we have a quick look at my numbers whilst we're, yeah, we're on this? Um, yeah, and interestingly enough, um, Liverpool are slight favourites with respect to fixed difficulty, 1.4 against 0.3. But you know what? Liverpool are very, very good at home. And Arsenal are very strong defensively now away from home. Um, so from that side of things, that's tempered it. But it's not tempered the shots, or the, the chances down the middle. 5.4, like you say. The fact is, he's going to miss them all, probably. I mean, a lot unless, of chances, yeah. 
but he's going to miss them, no doubt. Um, what was it? XG's got in the last game against United. Don't don't go there. Don't go there. Another captaincy blank. Wonderful. It's the story of my season. 1.7 for Liverpool's XG against matchup against Arsenal's 1.2. Shots on target. Nothing really lights up for Liverpool, you see. This is the interesting thing about this one. This could be tight. I've got a feeling. Could be quite a tight game. Could be one goal in it, if you ask me. Um, this, yeah, I mean, I mean, look. There's the headed matchup for Arsenal, 2.8 uh, as well. That's quite good. I've benched Saliba at the moment. That might hurt me. Um, I think it's 1-0. I think it's a one niller. I just don't know which way it's going to go. Do you know what? Liverpool really were poor at the weekend as well. It could be Arsenal. Arsenal could beat them. There you go. There's the shock of the week. I think it's a tough I'm actually, thing for Liverpool. I'm actually thinking you might win, sure. Neymar. That's the biggest shock. Yeah, it would be a big statement, but I think last season was the best we've played at Anfield in recent times. But I do feel that it's a massive threat. It'll be interesting to see which Liverpool show up because I saw very weird takes, Gabe, from people who are anti-Liverpool owners from their fans. And they were kind of saying that although they were top and now they're kind of still there, they drew against United, whatever, they kind of never felt like they deserved to be there, like on performance alone. Like it just felt like they happened to be there. And what these guys were saying is that if they beat Arsenal this weekend, then they'll be like, okay, maybe we're missing something and that this team can consistently continue to be sustainable like this and fight till the end. But they were like, if we lose and look like we can't do much there and can't create, then actually it might be time for a full rebuild. So I'm like, that's pretty drastic mindset from a fan that, they beat Arsenal, they think, OK, maybe we're on the right track, but we're not seeing what the manager wants and the owners are doing, versus if they lose, suddenly it's like reset button on the squad again. So mm-hmm. it does feel like it is in a more fragile state than I realised, considering how well they're doing on paper on the table. So I do think there are maybe some issues there that aren't apparent as well, I guess is what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Uh, just one question for me. I thought Salah was right off it last week. Uh, and, and I think he's... I think the other week he was quite lucky against Palace with his returns, wasn't he? Um, so, I mean, are we seeing a Mo Salah who doesn't want to get injured before AFCON? We've no, asked these kind I, of questions I, I, in the past, but I don't I, think so, yeah. No, I, well, we're, uh, it's, we're just a, it's just a question. It's a general question. A, it's a general question. I'm, yeah, so, so we're seeing, we're seeing a, a Jurgen Klopp who's, who's just like, <laughs> he's confused. I mean, right. look at the, the the second image there from left to right. Um, it's Salah's passing map against United. How many passes does he have in the box? Like one. Everything is outside the box. He's not he's not even creating anymore. He's he's almost like assisting. He would be assisting the assister if Liverpool <laughs> score goals. Um, if Darwin and, wasn't on the end of him, if Darwin wasn't on the end, wasn't in this team because he's terrible. So, and and the the bias with Darwin, it's so here's a stay sharp moment, right? There's a there's like, and this is for coming from several major content creators. They were they've had Darwin for weeks, even before he was he was nailed before Jota got injured. So Darwin wasn't nailed. They've had this guy in his team for weeks, while at the same time. After 12 game weeks of starting, saying Raya isn't nailed, that Ramsdale could come back and take that job anytime. 
like like the the dissonance in 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 the community is like so beyond anything logical darwin is like if you haven't figured it out by now um you're probably not watching this show that darwin if you haven't figured out that darwin is a hard sell you're probably not watching this show so we, i think we can move on like beyond darwin let's forget about him not waste time on him um i, th I think what's interesting <laughs> This game, I really think this game is going to be dictated by Arsenal, not Liverpool. I think Liverpool is going to be more reactive in this one. And Arsenal will try to kind of impose their passing patterns on Liverpool. And and I think what we saw from Arsenal last game week was we saw, we saw the left kind of come alive a little bit more. And I think there, there's a lot of talk. We we mentioned Odegaard on, on the show last week. We've been talking about him for a couple of weeks and how his role has changed a little bit. He's dropping to help Link play. But what this is doing is it's bringing him more into the attack because he's operating in more space. Earlier in the season, when, the, when everything was on the right side, he was pushed up next to Saka. So every time he'd get the ball, he'd be surrounded by defenders. Now he's he has more space to operate. And what this has done is it's opened up opportunities in space on the left-hand side. And we've seen Havertz and, and Martinelli combining out there. We've seen Martinelli and Jesus trading. Like, like they used to switch positions. They're doing that, that more now. Again, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so I, I think those types of patterns, I think Arsenal will try to impose those types of patterns specifically because they're going to try to get in behind Liverpool on their right-hand side. So I think Arsenal are going to need their left. So I think they'll use the Saka, Odegaard, white triangle to draw Liverpool to Liverpool's left-hand side, Arsenal's right side, and then find, find players like Martinelli. Find a way back quickly. Martinelli him, yeah. in space or Havertz with his, with his patented uh, far post fade. Uh, I think they'll, they'll be patient. I think one thing Arsenal have done this season is they've obviously conceded the least XG from open play. Um, and it's, it's kind of very sustainable. It feels like they're just strangling teams. Um, it doesn't feel as kind of, um, chaotic as last season there isn't that sense of urgency there was sometimes um and you know sometimes games go on and if you don't get the first goal for a while and you're not finishing it's worrying i think where arsenal are different now than they were at the start of the season where they they were trying to go for control they were trying this new system but at the time rice was learning the new system Havertz was adapting to the new role and new system jesus wasn't back zinchenko wasn't back odegaard had an injury he was carrying was playing through injury like now that it's all kind of come back and they're all actually like gelling and we're in December now, I do think you're starting to see that actually even now the patience feels more uh, reliable that they'll break through eventually because we're creating a lot more chances. So mm -hmm. if Brighton had lost like four, you know, three, four nil, I don't think they would have complained uh, as it being an unfair reflection of the game overall. So I do think that the team will find their way through. And, you know, this season as well, the final four I'll add is they're a bit stronger, I think, more mentally resilient. So previously, we used to talk about how when we lost, we'd lose like three games in a row and then we might get a bounce back. And that was always the case. Whereas this season so far, when we lost to Newcastle, when we lost to Villa, they were both one game moments. So the team has changed. They've come back together stronger. And I think they're more mentally able to conserve themselves and keep going and put the bad result behind them. So I do feel that from a point of view of a title challenge, if you put it that way, I do feel Liverpool, this feels like a bigger game for them, especially after the drop points at the weekend. Whereas for us, whatever happens in this game, I'm not going to feel like this will ultimately decide the end of the season. Whereas I think for Liverpool, it's a big decision on do they stick to the new system? Do they revert back to what they did before? 
you know, there, there's so many things going on there. But also there's injuries, right? So Robbo's injured. That's a big difference, I think, in quality. Overall, they've got their own problems they've been dealing with. But it's nice to see Liverpool and Arsenal competing right now in a top-of-the-table clash and see City for the first time. They could, at Christmas, be outside the top four for the first time since the 2010-11 season. That is a nice so, feeling, isn't it? I, I, I expect uh, Joe Gomez to start at left-back, not Simicus. Excellent. So, I'm so I'm happy about Taylor that. in my team then, uh, instead of Simicus. Sorry, I'm at 2020-21 season, by the way. And just to clarify, yeah. they won that season by 12 points in the end. So they weren't fourth of Christmas and, and they won by 12 points. And, so and no remember what, last... They're always there. Well, remember last season, they, they were behind you guys by like 10 points or more around this time of year, and they still came back and won it. So, I love um, how that's been the narrative. It was actually eight points with a game in hand for us, but so they had an extra game to play against us, which ultimately, which, I've seen numbers floated in double digits, and the reality was it was eight points, but we'd played an extra game. So I've heard that many times, so I remember because the media have told everyone, so I don't blame you, Gabe. It's, it's become it's become like a fact on Twitter now that we lost the twelve point lead. But <laughs> I don't I don't remember how many points it was. But I, I remember there was a double digit. There was a time when it was double digits for sure. It it, it wasn't. It was eight. Eight was Never? the most it ever was. No, no. But we played an extra game and it was eight. Okay. Okay. Fair yeah. enough. I, I I trust you. I you you would remember more better than me. <laughs> I trust. Because I remember how painful it was. So you know that I've got the suffering. You know what that it's like when you said in the UCL with Madrid like those seasons you know you've been battle hardened but we've got one last game of the game week and then I think we can go straight to the captaincy the next five look at some of the talisman if there's some stuff there but yeah let's keep going because I'm sure these players will come up and the captaincy Salah's still an option I'm sure for mm. some but I do feel I'm happy to go for Watkins ahead of Salah and avoid captaining in this game I have four uh, just final thoughts I have four assets in this game I feel like I want to make a defender transfer and bench one of Simicas or Gabriel. Probably Simicas if I don't think he starts. Saka and Salah, they can both play. That's fine. But I'm not so happy having four of my starting 11 in this fixture right now. So if I do use a free transfer before Thursday, it will be to bench someone from this game. Maybe even sell Simicas. That Burnley fixture is the one thing that keeps me holding on to him. If he's rested now and you think he starts Burnley, I want that one game from him before I move on. For so. sure. Final game of the game week, Wolves versus Chelsea. Christmas Eve for the first time in a long time in the Premier League. So 1.52 net XG for Wolves, 1.41 for Chelsea. We've got news that Sanchez could be out for four to six weeks as well. So I think Petrovic will be in goal for the foreseeable until the new year. Palmer looked fantastic in his last outing against Sheffield. Incredible haul. I think 14 points in the end it was. Is this... Um, FPL-worthy game? Would you use a midfield slot? We were talking about Gordon earlier. We are talking about Richarlison. Could someone lack a Palmer if he didn't already have him? Could he be an asset? Is Nkunku starting to come into our radars once we see... What do we want to see from him? The first start? The second start? The first goal? Like When would be a right time for you to go down that route? Because I do feel their fixtures are quite good. Yeah, I mean, he didn't He didn't even make it onto the, onto the field in, in their last game. So, unfortunately, Nkunku is still... Kind of far away from from being in my thoughts. I mean, I, if he would have if he would have made a sub appearance and he looked good and he looked healthy and it was announced that he was going to start the next one after after having made a sub appearance, I'm I'm in as soon as he can start. As soon as he's announced as a, as a starter, I, I I think I'm in. I think this is this is a game that's just like it's it's just a little sticky. Either way you slice it, right? And 
So I, I wouldn't be buying players for this game, and I also probably wouldn't be selling players from this game. Um, so it's just kind of like like one of those like tactically, it's um, it, it could be a, a bit of a grind. I see it being like kind of cagey, especially since it's at the Molyneux. Um, mm. I, I don't I don't like it. I mean, whoever I, I guess whoever's on the left up against Nelson Semedo, maybe for for Chelsea. Um, I don't like it so much for for Palmer though. Um, even admitting like acknowledging that that he's a good asset and everything. I think this game just has really limited upside. What, what's your data saying, Erner? Yeah, it tends to agree. Uh, Chelsea slightly positive, 1.6. Mm. Uh, Wolves just about neutral, 0.4. A little bit on the right for Chelsea, 3.3. It's probably Palmer's influence starting to appear now on the on the numbers, slowly but surely. Big chances, 2.7, which isn't bad for Chelsea. So I think they're going to get something. I, I think they'll get something. I think Palmer's so heavily involved in everything they do now. Um, although oddly enough, doesn't seem to jump out on on the talisman up weirdly, but he's now starting to. We always said that he was wasn't that involved in non penalty xG game, but all of a sudden, after we've said it, he started to deliver. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, I, I will be playing Palmer for sure. Um, if I owned uh, Cunha or someone like that, I would play them too. Because I tell you what, Chelsea leak. Chelsea can leak a goal. Uh, and for me, I wouldn't be at all surprised if Wolves didn't score. 1-1. One, 1-1. One. Mm-hmm. One, one. There one, you go. 1-1 one. One, one draw. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking for the clean sheet, but obviously I'm glad I Can't missed out on Rhys James. I almost got the week I went for Poro, and thank God. That I've finally put my uh, restart. Well, I've got Gusto. I've got Gusto coming back in now. I'm, I'm in. I've got <laughs> Gusto. And great Gusto for FPL going forwards. Right. Um, he's <laughs> been injured that long. He's been sat <laughs> rotting <laughs> for months. <laughs> I got fourteen points off him in game week three. Fourteen <laughs> points. I remember <laughs> that. Really, I got off the plane. And I nearly, I nearly <laughs> fell over the luggage carousel in Dubai when I checked my scores. <laughs> I remember, remember exactly where I was when Gusto got 14 points. Was that the King team two assists? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I nearly fell as I say, I nearly fell on the, I nearly fell over the luggage carousel. But anyway, there's another story. Um yeah, I mean there's not a lot to say on this one, I don't think. Um Palmer's an excellent pick. Um Sterling returned, didn't he? Um there, there's one. Uh, we did say last week that and uh, you know, Chelsea's fixtures are turning. And I just wonder whether Sterling might be a more interesting pick. Gabe, I mean, you know, obviously Nkunku's a, a serious option when he gets fit. I didn't know whether he'd come on or not, but you told me obviously he didn't. But do you think do you think Sterling is still is is an option? He, he still looks he looks okay. He looks okay. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and we know Sterling as a flat track bully, right? So he has yeah. after after Wolves, which I think is tricky. He's got Palace home, Luton away, Fulham home before Liverpool. Um, I I think Sterling is fine. Like if if you if you own him, I th- I think you've you've selected him. I think the reasons you selected him are still there, right? So you so you're holding on to him. You're definitely playing him um, in the next four fixtures. Maybe not Liverpool away, or maybe you sell by then or not. But um, I, th- I think he's fine. But I think there are just better options. 
I think in general, Palmer's a better option. Even, even if they were the same price, having pens, Palmer might be a better option. If you're going to yeah. double up on Chelsea, if you're, if you're going both, I think that's crazy. Like, what, what have we seen from Chelsea's attack that would make you want to double up on them? Nothing think, that I've seen. I think, so, I think fair for now. Um, yeah. I was going to say, well, I, I just, again, I'm just scratching around trying to find a little bit of a, trying to find some little differentials here and there in my shitty rank. So, you know, I'm going to test the water on this sort, on these sort of moves, particularly as the pictures turn. Uh, I'll look at that. But I think, you know, again, uh, everything you hear about Kunku is going to make a big difference to that team once he comes back, once he's fit. But it might be a while, might it? But, uh, OK, I um, think we'll move on, Nima, shall we? You've put the summaries yeah. up. Yeah, yeah. Trying I'm to keep me going. Summary. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I, I mean, I should I really wrap As differential, really quickly, Mariner, differential, Richarlison's only 2.5% owned. There's no fucking wonder. Anyway, right. <laughs> you, you know how to press my buttons, don't you? Uh-huh. Uh, I would, I, I would, the next time you mention Rich Allison, I'm off. Right. <laughs> anyway, uh, very quickly, fixtivity, as we said. Uh, Aston Villa, top. Newcastle, second. Fulham, third. Defence, Aston Villa, top. Fulham, second. West Ham, third against Manchester United, is it? <laughs> Zonals, uh, Liverpool Central uh, is the best. What else am I looking for? Spurs down the middle. Uh, Fulham on the right. Spurs on the right. Uh, XG, Aston Villa, big chances. Newcastle, then Aston Villa, then Fulham. Shots on target, Aston Villa. Yeah, common denominator here, isn't it? Shots in the box. Uh, Spurs and Fulham and then Newcastle and Aston Villa and headed matchups uh, Fulham uh, followed by was that Nottingham Forest followed by Bournemouth so some strange ones and West Ham so yeah so that's that and, and Neymar's now disappeared because I think he's pissed off clearly with uh, all this well, talk you, about R- you, guys in the, you guys in the late deliveries I don't know what you guys are getting delivered at like midnight they got a delivery as well, like they, yeah. well <laughs> look he's four hours behind me um, next five matchups this is probably a bit more interesting Gabe because I mean, these, these fixtures are going to come thick and fast aren't they Newcastle attack top 16 Chelsea 13 Liverpool 12 Villa 12 Arsenal 9.7 Manchester City 7.9 long way down obviously one less fixture and I, what I find interesting here is a lot of people are thinking about being, bringing in Trippier, right? Bringing Trippier back in for for the Luton fixture, but the the long range, the five does no. not does not suggest that. No, it and, doesn't and, suggest and clean sheets at all. It, it suggests right. attacking returns, which he is more than capable of actually doing. In fact, I've had a mo- lot more returns attacking wise for Trippier than I have uh, defensive wise. To be honest with you. Um, defense wise, worth the price with, 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 yeah. with that, but but I also yeah. wanted to mention that, like, just Newcastle attack that's why, like, selling selling players like Anthony Gordon, I, I think, is is a mistake. That's, uh, you, I, I you do too, those players, I do too. Uh, and I mean, look, if there's one player, if if there's one player I would test the water with if he gets a run, is Callum Wilson. If you see Callum Wilson score over Christmas, buy him because I'll tell you what, he'll go bang, 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 and then get injured again. That's what he does. I, 
Yeah, but with the games coming like back to back like that, I, I think he. Yeah, gets that's the harder. problem. Yeah, but do you know what? They're, they're still short of players, aren't they? This is the thing. They've, they've got a few players back now. I think Isaac's back, isn't yeah. he? But I do think Callum Wilson's very. He's very bitty. When he starts, he'll go. He'll he'll score a lot quickly, and then he'll disappear. Mm -hmm. Defensively, Arsenal. I, I genuinely think they're the only team I would contemplate doubling up on right now. Genuinely doubling up on defense is Arsenal. Um, and and I don't see an awful lot else in that, really. Um, most people are slightly negative, if anything, with respect to defence. Uh, Manchester City, Arsenal. slight positive there. One less fixture. Yeah. But, but just quickly on Arsenal, I, I um, as, as a person who had seen the good data and tripled up, it's a mistake doubling up on Arsenal defence, in my opinion. Yeah. They, they, they data, have great data. The They'll have great data yeah. all season, and then they, they concede the easy goal uh, yeah. at the yeah. end. Yeah, that's the problem, isn't it? Um, zonals, uh, Liverpool Central, Spurs Central. There's your Rich Allison pick, by the way. Uh, mm -hmm. Villa left. There's your Moreno pick, if he's playing. Um, yeah, who else? Uh, Liverpool right, West Ham right, Jared Bowen. Yeah, I mean, it's usual, usual sort of slots. I'm just going to pick a couple of little, tiny little bits out, and I'm going to look for the shots in the box, actually. Arsenal, Villa, Liverpool... 49, 49 and 50. They are the ones who are getting who are getting the shots off in the box. If you're talking about big chances, though, Newcastle and Chelsea now. Chelsea's big chances starting to creep up. That is interesting, Gabe. Yeah, there, there's like a six-way tie for like with... Wait, oh no, big chances. Chelsea... Oh, 15, stand sorry. Uh, I, I was 15. Yeah, yeah, Newcastle, out. 16. Yep. Yeah. Newcastle 15, Chelsea 16. That stands out, really. Yeah. yeah. So I think, interestingly, interesting. Okay. Uh, Nimi, you're back. Did your parcel arrive? Was it Christmas? You're yeah, muted, pretty, anyway. pretty, pretty much. Yeah, yeah, no, exactly. I didn't uh -huh. want to come in and interrupt you guys. but um, No, you're all right. Yeah. That's fine. You're doing good. So, that we've, so we've done these bits. What have we got on next? Is it the... Um, the I think it's the... Talis talisman isn't it i think it normally is uh yes it is um and i've left this up on the screen and i'll tell you what i've done here uh, i'm not going to go into any great depth here i will put the tweet out later in the week in fact tomorrow probably because it's the uh, deadline's thursday isn't it? thursday yeah thursday, thursday yeah. yeah but i mean obviously now players like salah and everybody's falling off because the five week predictions obviously are, are running into afcon so they're getting zeroed out now they're starting to lose games uh, Watkins now is clear is is top three point one six against seven point nine for seven point nine three Aston Villa matchup over the next five. Solanke second three Saka third two point four two, Gross two point two one. There you go, Gabe. So if Brighton the only the, you know he is standing out. And interestingly enough, in the old mm. days, a lot of Brighton. The talisman were all sharing. They were sharing it out. The knot now is jumped out, yeah. And that's because the other players are not there. So he is bordering on. I, I'm not saying go out and buy Brighton assets. I tend to agree with you, but from a perspective of if you are looking at a player, a focal point for uh, Brighton right now, I think it's Pascal Gross. Uh, and then looking, you've got in fifth a defender, Poro. I don't quite know why Palmer's down as a defender. There's a clearly a mistake down there, but in seventh. But as a defender, Porro in fifth. 
That is very, very interesting because this is just attacking returns. This doesn't include any fluky clean sheets that Spurs might keep. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, I, I don't want to be too positive about this. But I think it's bordering on essential right now. Looking at the way, looking at the way that they are. I think he's a bloody no. great pick. Non-owners have been really lucky on on Porro, yeah. and and I, I've only owned for two weeks. And even before yeah. before I bought him two weeks ago, I I I, I kind yeah. of myself is really lucky that he didn't that he hasn't hauled yet. Yeah, yeah no, he, and he, I think uh, his uh, highest point total of the season was last week, the eight. Yeah, yeah. I had a bit of luck in a sense because Doge got suspended, so I switched him. Because yeah, yeah. Adogi suspended, so I needed to make a transfer. So I thought, well, I may as well. I wouldn't have moved it if I wouldn't have moved him sideways because I've just gone with Adogi and just stuck with it. And he's not done too bad recently in recent weeks. But yeah, um, Porro looks a great got, pick there. Um, he got lucky below scoring, him, but Adogi does not cover Porro, in my opinion. No, no, he doesn't. But I can't. I couldn't justify transferring sideways, Gabe. No, no, until no, there was I, a reason I, I to it. do I'm it. Not, yeah, not on yeah. the specific thing, but in yeah. general, I, I don't think Adogi covers covers Porro. Yeah, I do think there's a, the one below, directly below Porro, Cunha for Wolves. If their matchups were better, he would be an interesting choice. Hmm. But their matchups are not great. But keep an eye on him. Particularly, it depends how long Neto's out for. Um, I'd imagine Neto will start to gobble up a lot of this XG when when he's back. But until he's back, if the fixtures turn, I don't know how long how far Neto is away. But this guy is bordering on talisman status now for. So, for, so I, uh, I think for Neto's getting healthy. Neto's getting healthy, but Neto will create for Cunha. So, so I, I yeah. think. He he'll benefit Cunha, not not take away from him. Uh, but where Cunha might might get hurt is that he he Chan Huang will, will be uh, the playing for true. South Korea and but Asia. Yes, yes, yeah, true, 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 true. Anyway, that's all on the it's on Discord. There's more details on Discord. There'll be more things on Twitter as well. So, uh, but yeah, that's that's there. Um, so okay, uh, I think we're at captaincy name, are we? Well, oh, we oh, hang on a minute. There we go. Uh, there's the predictions. So there's your number one, Watkins. Villa's fourth. He's first. But then you've got McGinn behind him and Lewis, just to let you know. So uh, Diaby now has completely vanished. <laughs> Probably because I own him. Um, should we keep going? Next one, Nima? Yeah, we'll do these ones quick and we'll go to the captain. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, 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 yeah. Cool. So we've got Solanke. Solanke. So Bournemouth's matchups are sixth best still for XG in the next five game weeks. So you can't ignore this guy. You cannot ignore Solanke as, as far as I'm concerned. You really can. Uh, Tavernier, though, 1.6 as well. Um, he has a hole in him. He has a hole in him in certain weeks. I think that's one where you'd look for the matchup game, probably. Um, you tend to be able to call when he gets involved. Solanke, on the other hand, um, you know, 0. 0.57, 0. 0.66, 0. 0.69, 0. 0.55, and 0.53 predicted in the next five game weeks. He's going to continue to do bits. In practice, it's probably going to be one blank, one blank, one. Because that's what he does. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't tend to haul. But, yeah, uh, good pick. Um, is there one more, Nima? I think probably yeah, there's a couple is, there... more, I think, yeah. Yeah, one more. Ca- one, yeah, and there's there you go. So, as far as I'm concerned, look, Poro, 2.19, fifth best. Spurs, ninth best XG matchups that's the only slight downside game with this spurs xg matchups are not that great 
in the coming weeks. Interestingly, Kulosevsky's second on 2.11. He's only just behind him. Notice Rich Allison's not there. The reason he's not there is his minutes aren't high enough on the, on the calculation. I've ran the calculation. If we banged his minutes up, he still only gets to 1.8. Now, of course, that does mean that that's then what not now. So he's more involved now. So that, that's, when you have to put the, that's when you have to put the context around it. But yeah. right now, even his involvement is not getting to that point yet. Okay. From being talismanic. On the other hand, this guy most certainly is. I, th I think if you use data, Richarlison data since he be was a starter again, not for the in whole season or, or, yeah. or even or even last six. Not 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 last it, six. That's going we're back. on last six game weeks. No, last six game weeks, I'm on. This right, is last six game weeks. Played, right? I get it. Yeah. I get it. My, my, my point is last six last, that he played. At home there's there's been a change in Richarlison in like the last two or three, right? So okay. using so it maybe take a while is, to see it. Yeah, I, I think we just haven't it hasn't been updated yet. Yeah. But also this data the other catches up, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, it will. And 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 Kulusevsky is a prime example, right? Kulusevsky has played more of the ten recently, right? And he'll yeah. move. It depends when with Brendan Johnson on the right hand side. Obviously, Brendan Johnson got injured, so he went back to the right. But Kulusevsky at the ten was much more creative and much more involved in the play. And if he's if he's not playing the ten, then he could be less involved. Then, like you said, depending on the matchup. Yeah. Okay. So anyway, it's worthwhile having these discussions because I think it's an interesting perspective. And as I say, I think well, the, the way these predictions are worked out, they are expected goal involvement over the last, the, the data that I use is the last six game weeks. Okay. So it is really trying to take up-to-date data uh, and try and predict it basis that. Okay. Uh, Nima, do you want to play the jingle? We get the captaincy out of the way. Yeah, let's... Uh... Put the captaincy metric out. We're one hour twenty nine for anyone on podcast who wants to see the captaincy metric. If you've enjoyed today's show, please do hit that like button. It really helps us out. If you're on podcast or Spotify or Apple, leave a review if you enjoyed the episode. Thank you, everyone. We're on the road to three thousand subscribers. We're almost there. If you can help us get there for the end of the season. That would be amazing. So yeah, let's uh, go to the captaincy. See who's topping it this week. If there's any surprises. No, <laughs> there's no surprise. <laughs> Not in my view, anyway. This is probably one of the most standout captaincy selections I've seen in weeks, weeks and weeks and weeks. And it's Ollie Watkins, uh, 94, very high actually from this cap from the captaincy metrics perspective. Salah 87. Sun, third, 80, with Isak also on 80, but miles back. So a big jump from Watkins to Salah. Oh, clearly, Salah will still get captained a lot by the masses, but I think you reckon 150, 160, 160, 170? I don't think it'll be quite that high, EO. I'm going to go 150 because I think there's a fair few casuals going to still go in with Salah, but I think Watkins will be heavily captained this week. And if you look at the summaries, Gabe, this is which is very interesting. There is a complete alignment here. FDR, 97. NetXG, 95. Expected goal involvement, 100. Big chances, 98. Zonals, 99. It loves him. It absolutely loves him. Now, has he got a haul in him? Because we always, 
he tends to, when we've captured him in the past, Watkins just tends to do bits. And he has that annoying habit of not necessarily returning big when we want him to return big. Is this the week? It's an interesting one, isn't it? What's your immediate perspectives? And then what I'll do is I'll put the calculations up and then uh, then obviously we can mess around with a few little little adjustments here and there to see what it brings for all the other players. What's your what's your views? Just before that, I was going to quick shout out to Hogan as well, our latest Patreon. So I see him in the oh, chat, yeah. so, or he or she in the chat. Thanks for joining the Discord as well. And we'll do a shout out and thank you to the haulers yeah. and update the mini league after. But yeah, for me, Watkins has been a perma cap just purely on the home fixture and form of Villa, as I mentioned. Um, you know, ultimately, if he just gets me a return, I'd be very happy with that this week um, and try and rely on my other 10 to make big, meaningful gains. I'm, I'm not looking to go for a differential this week, personally. Um, Isaac's fitness is potentially a doubt. Sun's coming up against a more informed Everton. I'm just playing the fixture here for me, I think. So just knowing he'll play, knowing he's a 90-minute man, Sheffield at home. It's just one of those weeks where it feels like if I go different, it's for the sake of being different. I'd love to hear if someone is captaining anybody else and who you might be captaining. But I just, I, I just don't see another standout fixture. We've got Newcastle away at uh, Luton. You know, we've got Tottenham at home. Tempson. They're the other two great fixtures of the week, right? So it just, this feels like it's set in stone for me. Yeah. Uh, Gabe, what's your view? Yeah, yeah, same here. I, I typically don't... I. I typically see like the the upside of a forward against a playing against a back three um, as limited, but Watkins' movement is such that he he drifts into the left half space as well, so he can get away from those three center backs. Um, and and I think like when every when everything is unanimous like this, is like don't don't get cute. Uh, just just go with the obvious. Even if his upside is limited, right? His floor is so high that that he just makes it too safe to avoid. Um, if, if you're going to go with a, a player, let's say with that has more, that may have more upside, the, the floor is going to be much lower for that player as well. And, and we, we've mentioned, um, you know, I think several of those players with good, good fixtures this in, in this show, um, I say, and, and let's see, Watkins has, you know, nine or more points about five times this season. Five times, so one one in every three or so, he has like a nine plus points. I, I think that's fine. Just just go for it. Yeah, and don't overthink it. Yeah, I think it is. Shall we put the, the calculations up then, so we can mess around with this a little bit? Um, hopefully, you can see it. Um, so obviously, Watkins is top. Now, the first player we come to further down is Isak. Now, you mentioned his minutes. He might, his, his minutes are low on here, but you say he might be struggling anyway. Yeah, exactly. uh, is he is he is he is he flagged? He missed the squad, yeah. So I don't know. Right. Okay. So maybe that maybe that's correct. But if Isak we'll played more, week, right? Hopefully, I think it, if they're still in the yeah. ESL Cup quarterfinals, yeah. So we okay. It. Well, it it might increase Isak very slightly. I'm just looking further down. Obviously, we've got. Sun, if you make Sun's net xG the same as the FDR. Okay. Slightly higher. Slightly, not that much. Okay. Yeah, not that much. I, as I say, I think I'm not quite sure. There's an interesting thing here. Uh, where are we? Um, I was going to go down to Rich Allison. I wanted to, to have a look at Callum Wilson and Rich Allison's minutes because mm. they're quite significantly down. Now, Callum Wilson could play 
if if Isak's out, Callum Wilson, that's that's who tends to benefit from that. So if Callum Wilson plays 80 minutes, it pushes him up, but not that high. Uh, Rich Arlison, on the other hand, if he plays 90 minutes, it pushes him up a bit, but again, not that high. So okay. I don't think they are real. I don't think... I, says, I just look at this in all honesty, guys. I look at this and I just see, don't be too cute. It doesn't really matter. It's just pretty obvious this week. The captaincy is... For me, um, although I will say, are like, you overthinking? You, sorry, sorry again. I, I will say when you change when you're changing the minutes like that. Like, do we? I guess I would ask the question: Do we also have to increase all the stats because with more minutes? Yeah, um, we do. Yeah, like we, do so, we do to a certain. We do to a certain. They go extent. even higher. But, but, yeah, uh, but yeah, yeah. Could, no, they're not going yeah, totally. to walk in as Watkins at ninety four, right? No, 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 no. no I mean, look, even if you even if you put Callum Wilson's expected goal involvement up to Isak at eighty six, and his minutes to and his minutes to ninety, yeah, he's he's and climbed. Then, and then his he's, points, he's, you have to change his points. And then his points. Well, no, this is previous points because he's been out for quite a while, hasn't he? So That's he's not point. done much, I don't think. So yeah. no, this is previous points, not these points this week. This is past points. I think there might be a mistake. Right. He would have numbers. more points with more minutes and all of that, right? So if you put his points... Well, the yeah, same but for this week, for this week, he'll get more points. But for previous weeks, he won't get more points because that's... You've got to pretend he did. No, but you got to pretend... Oh, right. We're now pretending that he's not been injured. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Well, right, okay. That's, what, that's uh, what we're doing by changing okay. the parameters, right? We're changing the minutes. <laughs> yeah, depending... yeah <laughs> but I'm ch- I, I don't change the past. I can't change the past. I can, you know, I can't change what's happened. I can only change what's happening. That's the way I look at it. So I, I, I always look at it from a prediction of changing the prediction going forwards. Not, and we don't put points in because we took that out because we didn't want to use anybody else's predictions. We wanted to try our own. Um, but I, it's an interesting one. I just think. Look, Callum Wilson is not a bad... If, when Callum Wilson gets going, Callum Wilson probably will be up towards the top of the metric sooner or later. Um, I just don't think Newcastle's that high this week. I I tend to agree with you, Gabe. I don't think Luton's that good a game. No, I'd be going for Sonny over anyone from that Newcastle game. So I think for me, Sonny is the clear second. This conference says Sun captain this season would be 10 plus points, 35% Mm. at a time. Oh, Ron Cover says need X narrative for Richardson playing his old team. Um, <laughs> Watkins captain would have been ten plus points, seventeen point five percent of the time. But I think again, I, I agree with you, Kieran. But for me, it's like just the fixture, and I know it's against your favourites, right? So Sheffield United, you captain their striker twice in a row. So I don't know if I can take your non-biased opinion. On someone facing Sheffield is all I'm going to say. You know, but why don't we? Uh, yeah, Sheffield. Well, I was going to say. Uh, I would just say this thing. I think. I think Kieran's handles perfect. FPL discomfort. I think. You know that. Quite frankly, I could change my name to FPL discomfort this season because that's how. That's that's basically how I feel about it. I love it. But so anyway. we do a quick uh, mini league update, and then we'll take the question. Yeah. Do you want to do that now? Do you want to do that? Yeah, let's get into this. So if you want to join the free mini league, it's a HUP69D. The link is in the podcast and video descriptions as well. Um, I also have a quick update on the Hall or Nothing League for the members on YouTube and the Patreon. So this week, the number one score of the week was 88 points for Tien Nyo, FPL planner with team name Cashless Society. So sitting in fifth overall in the mini league, 
In fourth, we have Connor Hunt, Spain without the S. <laughs> we have Dominic Benjamin in third with Rising Phoenix. We have uh, Jonathan Cohen with Blues for Salah. And we have Elrond covered still right in the top, but the gap is getting smaller with uh, Andrew Cole Bebe. So overall, it's looking good. The top 10 is still not quite complete. Like, there's still time to get yourself in there, guys. But I am starting to look like... Yeah, You're 11th. <laughs> I know. I'm just I left you. I was about to say convincing <laughs> being over a thousand points. And I was like, this is the game we got. I got over a thousand points. I was like, where am I? But okay, I'm, I'm close. I'm close to the top. I would have cut you off even if you were ninth. <laughs> but I only went out the top five. So that tells me what I'm like. But yeah, let's... Uh, do a quick thank you to all the haulers and we'll do the live Q&A and the Discord questions. So we've got 10 questions starred. Let us know if you've got any questions in the chat. We'll cover them in the next minute or so. Quickly going through the haulers. So Super Haulers on YouTube, True Fandela, FPL Discomfort, David Harrison, Zach, Harbour Boy, Daddy Bot, Greenback Golf and FPL Robbie. Thank you guys so much for the support. We have our haulers on YouTube, Dread FPL, FPL Craig, Podner, Kevin Rose, C Hunt, Blonde, Escottism, FPL Teacher, Doni FPL, Tom Gorsuch, Davindra Raj, Lindsay O, FPL DG Boy, Akshay, Dom, Claire FPL, Tursks, Catherine A, Harry Not Kane, Sebastian Koo, Neil, Benjamin Lockwood, FPL Robert Ducky, Nick Khan, Big Mike, General Zod, Jack M, Jack M again, FPL Planner, Jamie Baker, Brett M, Mark Bond, Jasker and Singh, FPL Eric, Grady Parag. And our Patreons finally, last but not least, Elra on top of the mini league, Lucy and Gan, FPL teacher himself, uh, FPL California, Finger Bob, Ron Frost, Mike Burke, and Gunk. So thank you, everyone, as we said. Uh, thank you to our latest hauler as well, um, Hogan. Thank you for tuning in. Let's go to the QA. Let's take some live questions while we're here. One hour 40 for the QA timestamp. The first one is actually from FPL Discomfort. Well, it's more of a statement, but I'll just add his final point on the captaincy debate. He said at the beginning of the episode, he said this, and he stuck to it for two hours. Watkins' captaincy is reserved for people living in the Shire. Must have low ceilings. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I love it, yeah. So you have a um, finger on Bob. Would love to get your thoughts on the best goalkeeper for the next 10 weeks to replace Sanchez, presuming Ariola has also lost his place. I think Allison is guaranteed top three goalie. Who would you guys pick in goal for the next 10 weeks to replace Sanchez? I think for me, it would be straight to Raya. I would just get it done yeah. and have a plan for game week 28 when he misses the game against his um, parent club. I tend to agree. I mean, I was mentioning earlier on when you were down collecting your parcel that the only team I would contemplate doubling up on would be Arsenal. Uh, and I think for that reason, I think I agree with you. I think it's Raya. No, I could hear you guys. I kept this on, but then I left the room. And muted myself. Yeah. So yeah, I was still here just to make sure I didn't miss any timestamps. But overall, <laughs> no, I think Raya. I think I think Raya. To be honest, yeah. So yeah. so here's the, I guess Raya. Raya is what four point eight. Yeah, four point nine. So. What? How how much is 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 Raya? So he's let's see. He's four point eight, and Gabriel is four point nine. Would you go? Would you then go yeah. double Arsenal? Would you go Raya and Gabriel? I think I'd rather go Gabriel and then go a different goalkeeper. 
Yeah, it depends. I Not guess maybe double. he already has Gabriel, so maybe he'd be doubling if he made that choice. If that was, if he already had Gabriel, I think in that case he might not want to lock out of the second attacker. Maybe Jesus becomes interesting. Maybe Odegaard becomes a pick. So you, you don't want right. to just rule yourself out by getting that goalkeeper now. You're right, especially in a fixture like Liverpool at Anfield. This isn't the best entry point, but I think long term, if that's where you didn't have an Arsenal defender, this could be your way in and you're not going to buy one of the defenders, then I think this would be my one defensive pick and I would yeah, just back yeah. it for the rest of the season. Uh, but overall, if it wasn't him, just in case you don't want to double up, Leno's been standout most of the season so far for me at his price point. I know he faces Arsenal and Chelsea in the next five, but he also has Bournemouth, Burnley and Everton and I think in those, you know, there's two or three clean sheets there potentially for Leno or at least lots of save points. Um, but yeah, other than that, there's not really yeah, many well, goalkeepers I would pick. It's not a bad shout. He's also got Burnley and Bournemouth again in 23 and 24 as well. Yeah, I, I would just go Dubravka, to be honest. I'm a Dubravka owner. If I felt like he wouldn't get replaced in January, I would just go there. Because you could be having him till like March, April if they don't buy yeah. a goalkeeper. And at, at his price, like 4 million, like, it just feels like that is a gift that I can't pass up. So I would take it as Luton this week, Forest next week. Maybe you'll know more about the January window by uh, when, when they face Liverpool, City and Villa. And hopefully you have another goalkeeper to... Maybe Ariola has his place back by then and Ariola can play I, in those three I'm games. not sure. The, I, what I would say, though, is I'm not sure any of us are best picked because we all recommended Flecken. <laughs> I, I, I didn't. I didn't. Flecken was good. He was well. Flecken was fine to begin the season. He was the best at the first four <laughs> game weeks. Do, after do you that happened, we, we all, we all, we no, no, but but we started the season him? with. Him. But we started the season with him, right? And after the first four game weeks, we he was like the consensus. Okay, Flecken was the was the pick to start the season with. So I, I don't know. I, I disagree on that. I, I think Flecken was, was was the best four point five million goalkeeper to start the season with. Um, mate, and, mate, and the, the other thing I'd say, I, I, painful owning him though. It's so wait, painful owning him. Mariner, it's freaking game week eighteen. You still own him, dude. What's wrong with you? <laughs> like, I that, can't get rid of the when, fucker. That's what I can't get rid of him. That's early. why I still got gusto as well. That's what happens when you hit an early wild card. But Flecken was the right pick. That's why you picked him in your wild card, and then he turned out to be the wrong pick. That's why your wild card was maybe too early. But what I will say is, um, I think Leno is a fantastic option. I think um, Doobie, like like you said, Nima, great option. Dubravka, uh, I think he's the standout option, right? Uh, until we we know that there's going to be another change there. And then the other one, like Doobie and Dibu. Uh, Dibu, yeah. Dibu, Dibu Martinez. Dibu Martinez would be good. Yeah. yeah. I, I think I think he's a really good goalkeeper pick. I think if you wanted to avoid the Villa defense yeah. and go for the goalkeeper, because I do like him. Season. Yeah. He's a total yeah. shit house, though, isn't he? What a shit house he is! I, I was laughing I like love, hell watching yeah, that game. Too. It was so funny. I was howling. I love, <laughs> I love that. I love that about him because he knows how to do it. Where where other people yeah. are 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 like uh, blamed for it. And then, so so he's, a, he's a master at it. So so respect to Debu for his shithousery. As, as like all of the, like, and everyone complains about him. Um, yeah. You're not a real fan if you complain about him. It was funny. Quick, quick, quick update. So quick Gordon and Dubravka start in the League Cup tonight. Trippier on the bench. Let's okay. keep going. These are, these are quick fire now. So we've got quite yeah. a few lined up. So 
get a yes or no answer. For everyone looking for a third striker, is it time for a fortnight with the truth? Uh, trademark, I think, mm. always cheating. Luton, Nottingham Forest. Um, TS Editor, what do you guys have to say to him? Yes or no? These are quick-fire answers here now. Third striker, would you be going for Wilson as a punt? Yes. Yes, I for- agree. I, I I agree as well. Yeah, I agree. Let's just say if, if is that wait for Isaac News for, for a fortnight. Is, yeah, is that definitely out for those two games? I would just go for it. Um, so Nick Khan asks Gabe, would you start Mooney's over Palmer this week? Just based on that Burnley yeah, fixture, I would. I actually would. Yep. Yep. Cool. So we will keep going. Uh, shout out to FPL Wrangler. Thanks for tuning in, buddy. Says they love the show, guys. Uh, inevitable sadness thank you as well like now and return later hopefully tomorrow so nice to see people tuning in giving a quick like on the stream if you did enjoy the episode please follow accord with them i i feel like this one represents what mariners um fpl experience this season is is even more than fpl discomfort (laughs) it's true we got a biswan fast meteta to alvarez and what case to harlan minus four done in this game with so Okay, so I think it's um, what I'm assuming is Mateta and Watkins are coming in for the minus four for uh, Alvarez and Haaland. I know you guys spoke about Mateta with FPL teacher yesterday in the review, so I'd recommend going back and checking out that if you want to hear what their thoughts are about Crystal Palace attack basically relying on Mateta doing something. So that sounded promising. I guess you've got two blankers there. So would you be fielding less than 11 players this one? Because if you had 11 <laughs> players, I don't know if I'd take the hit. That's the question, because I would just keep Alvarez. Because if Haaland's injury is really serious and you got the number nine at City for under seven mil, Wait, I'd he, be he took, this, this person took a, a hit to bring in two blanking City players? Am I really? No, no, I'm saying it's the other way around. I'm saying Mateta and Watkins in for Alvarez and Haaland out. Because instead instead of Mateta go Muniz. That's that's what fine. I, I think that's that, that's exactly I was gonna say I wouldn't want to rely all on Mateta. So K7, which defense to invest in over the next five game weeks besides Arsenal if Trippier isn't the one to invest in? Hmm. So I'm gonna go between Trippier and a villa defender this week. If I do make hmm. a transfer at all, it'll be one of those two. So I will have to say what villa about for defense. the next five? Still for the, yeah, yeah, for the next defense, five yeah. as well? Yeah, because when I buy my players, you've got to remember, I always try to pick for at least four to six weeks. So I would mm-hmm. only want them if at least for five is right in the middle of that, right? So he's like my perfect target. Um, if I, I wanted a uh, Pau Torres, but with the injury doubt, that kind of puts me off slightly. So I'll be yeah. waiting to see. Um, oh, Ron Cobb asked a non-FPL question. If Eddie moves in January, Eddie and Ketia, where should he go? So there was talks of him being wanted by, I think, the likes of Palace and Brentford and certain teams that Brighton have wanted him over the summer. So you never know. Arsenal might raise money off him as pure profit as an academy product and try to use that money to buy a couple of CMs. Might strengthen there. So let's keep an eye out. But he could be a bargain in FPL, as we've said, if he ends up being like a regular starter somewhere, a mid to, mid-level Prem team. So... FPL Discomfort's final thoughts on this topic, and we won't go back to you. I'm sorry, Kieran. He says, Archer to outscore Watkins, no bias. I'll put that out there, your bold take, because my bold take got put out there as well. And we'll see what happens. So, Gareth Patchley, good to see you, buddy, asks late this evening, any talk on Moreno's viability? So, we will timestamp the Aston Villa game. I think it was the second kick, uh, 15 minutes in. So, when you finish the show, we do talk about Moreno quite a bit. So, 
I'll leave that there. And Craig, obviously a big Villa fan as well. He's talked about him in recent shows when he's appeared. So it'd be good to maybe look for any Villa timestamps to see his thoughts. FPL Eric, will Chelsea or Newcastle go through in the EFL Cup? So obviously that's tonight and tomorrow midweek. We know City was winning when I last checked 1-0 against their uh, Club World Cup opponent. Chelsea Newcastle, 8 o'clock. So 50 minutes from now to timestamp it. I'm looking at both their respective lineups to give you my honest opinion. Chelsea look like they've gone first choice. Newcastle gone first choice pretty much apart from Trippier. Um, I would love to see a penalty shootout and mentally draining and physically draining match for both teams, if I'm honest. As a bitter Arsenal you, fan. You sadistic git. Paul Newcastle are already knackered. I want to see a few people just like knacking themselves out, get a red card. <laughs> you know, like I'm, I'm looking forward to waking up tomorrow and seeing about three or four flags, boys. Ne- exactly. Neiman's going to get his wish, and then Spurs, they're, they're going to start rising up the table just to spite him. Be- like, be careful what you wish for. It's true, it's true. The Bravka getting injured could be the worst outcome for me. So let's keep my fingers crossed that doesn't happen. Um, so, questions as well here from Hogan. I really want a reason to bring in Kudus. I'm predicting three goal involvements in the two next game weeks. What are your thoughts? And yeah, just can we chat Kudus viability? So how viable is Kudus for you guys? I know someone, uh, I think it was FPL Fella, big West Ham fan, he brought him in, had him last game week for the brace. I've got Bowen. I'm going to keep Bowen through the tough fixtures on paper because they got some great fixtures after as well. So I think right now we've got obviously Man United home. Then there's Arsenal away and Brighton home. But straight after that, there's Sheffield United and Bournemouth. And I kind of really like those two fixtures. I really like the Brighton fixture as well, if I'm honest. West Ham at home. So if you can't afford Bowen, I would go Kudus. But I wouldn't double up on them as my final thoughts. So Kudus Kudus will be at AFCON. Yes. Obviously, being Ghanaian. Very soon. So you're getting two game weeks out of him. But you're getting Man United and Arsenal out of him. And then he's away. Um, also, you're getting Brighton as well, but you might you're going to miss Sheffield and Bournemouth potentially. So yeah, that isn't great actually. That's not great. He's he's a, an amazing uh, asset against Brighton, um, and I, yeah. I I regret I regret not not getting Kudus into my team about four game weeks ago when I was considering him. Uh, mm. Big regret for me. I really like him as a player, and just that being you, you saw like his connection with Paqueta um, is so good um, that I think it'll continue, but. Unfortunately, at this point, you'll probably have to wait. He is overperforming. He is, he is overperforming, yes. by the way, quite considerably. And I think that's just something you maybe need to just consider. He's not jumped out on the uh, on the uh, talisman side of things because of his overperformance. Yeah, no, that's fair, fair enough. Um, the quick couple last comments. Partner says, Onana has the most clean sheets. Yeah, I think David De Gea had the Golden Glove last season. So, you know. Good job, eh? No, but no, 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 no. Jokes aside, I think United did very well at Anfield um, compared to last season. It so. doesn't strike me. It doesn't strike me as that. I mean, Anana though, he never strikes me as being that. I, I don't feel confident watching him. You know, I, 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 I think it's about why. his. It's just FPL. Yeah, but FPL wise, right? He makes the point four point eight million. We're not point one yeah. million cheaper than Cheap. Ryan. His upcoming yeah. fixtures read West Ham, Villa, Forest, Spurs. Then it goes into Wolves, West Ham, Villa, Luton, Fulham, there's a Everton, Sheffield. But like he could be a season keeper if you continue to back these clean sheets. But I wouldn't want to be buying ahead of 
these kind of, I don't know, like I agree. West Ham, I think Bowen scores. Villa, I think they score. Tottenham, I think they score. So, you know, I, I don't see more than one or two clean sheets in the next five. So maybe later on in a wild card, I'll consider him. And if United have a double game week, he's a very good price right now. So if United do turn around, I think I just wanted to put that comment up just to say that he's definitely not one to forget. And then Stewie, good to see you. Just a quick joke one, which is uh, Emmy Martinez versus Morpai is peak WWE. So yeah, these guys were just trying to like out shit house each other, I guess, in the game. I was going to say shit houses are us, basically. <laughs> yeah, it, it, pretty much. That's what it was. Shit houses are us, both of them. Complete, big, absolute drama. It, it was so funny. I was howling with laughter. It's the funniest thing I've saw the entire weekend. <laughs> Quick couple of questions. So um, from the Discord, uh, one hour fifty five timestamp for the Discord questions. So. These might be relevant to some of you in the live chat too. So, Daddy Bot asks, wild card in game week 19 or 20? Oh. <laughs> I'm joking. No, I've not, not, not even thought about it. <laughs> so, so, don't give him a bad answer. Any ideas? Or I didn't. Preferences? <laughs> I, I mean, wild card in game week 19 or 20, that's the question? I think for me, the reason people didn't talk about it in 20 before, right, is that they were thinking the triple captain, maybe Haaland if you had the two home fixtures in the double game week. And as that looks less likely to happen, you now start to question, do you stick to your original plan of game week 19 wildcard perhaps, or do you just leave it back a week closer to AFCON, closer to when players leave, do the restructure with more info? I think I would tend to wait. If it looks like that blank game, that double game week sorry, isn't going to happen in 20, you're not going to need to use another chip that week. So I would just, if in doubt, hold the wild card another week. That, that would be my view. So wild if, card 20. If you can push it off, push it. I mean, wait as long as you can. Um, mm. If you have Mariners team, probably 19 is best. That's the other My thing. team's all right now. My team's needed now, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I no, took you, that many hits just recently. It's fine. Yeah, exactly. You can pick the team with hits like Mariner has. <laughs> <laughs> Couple of quick questions. So FPL Hunt asks thoughts on Darwin to Wilson this week, and then wild card in game week twenty. Go for it. Two week punt, wild card out, hundred um, percent. Palmo asks, I'm thinking of getting rid of Ariola finally this week. Any goalkeepers you like? Currently leaning towards Martinez. I think based on what we said earlier, go back to the other live Q and A. But yeah, Martinez was definitely a shout. Like that choice. We mentioned the, the only thing I'd say, the only thing I'd say is that I actually own Ariola and Flecken. Mm-hmm. Flecken's not going to play. Ariola, I'm going to have to stick in. I did think I'm going to probably play with 10 because I think that after what happened last weekend, but everything I read suggests Ariola may come back in this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, if he doesn't this week, he might come in overall. So it's still worth holding on to. If you were going to sell one of those two, I know Flecker may have a double game week in the near yeah. future. I'd probably still sell it because one of those double game weeks is City and I'm not looking yeah. to collect save points in that <laughs> double. Okay. Um, I, I can't wait to sell him. So for him, the free he's between <laughs> Leno. <laughs> so it's between Leno, Martinez and Raya for Palmer. Um, between <laughs> Leno, Martinez and Raya, I said I'd go Raya. Not a great entry point this week. That's what I would do. We all like Martinez. So, Kieran asks, would you be looking to move Richarlison out and who would be your top three replacements? So, we're not going to take time answering that. But I thought I'd put it out there just to see Chris's reaction. Assuming I already have Salah, Sun, Palmer and Gordon as the other four, who would you sell Richarlison for? So, if you were really going to sell him and those were the four mids you had, 
I would buy the Arsenal mid because I know that's what you also have. So, yeah, get yourself an Arsenal mid, Kieran. Seeing as it's a joke question, I'll give a joke answer. Final question, <laughs> Sebastian Koo. Is Richarlison a good buy this week? We will end the show with his name. He was on the thumbnail. We'll put him back on the screen. Is he a good buy this week? That's the final live chat question of the night. And should we still buy Sun? <laughs> and re- so that's the other question, game. Is Richardson someone to buy this week? And would you still buy Sun even if you then have to remove him for the Asian Cup? So Mariner has disconnected all his devices from the show with this question. Um, and and he'll, he'll do it again with my answer. Yes, he's a buy this week. Um, absolutely a buy this week. <laughs> so, so this compliment Diaby. So his question was, should I move Diaby out? So yes, I would say buy Richarlison for Diaby. Yes, or buy Richarlison mid. for Diaby. Yeah. Or an Arsenal mid. He already has Gordon. He already has Palmer. Yeah, seems. And what are your thoughts on the other question we said about is Sun still a buy for game week 18, 19 and 20? And then you sell him when the Asian Cup happens. So for the next three... Sun faces Everton, Brighton, and Bournemouth. I think yes. I would potentially just do it. Yeah, yeah he seems like one of the. He's probably like what second or third best asset in the game this season. I think. Um, oh, he said I meant the RB except Richarlison. So he wants any mid except Richarlison, but Richarlison wasn't in the list. Oh, but that's why Richarlison's name appeared in the question. So except right, Richarlison, right, right, right. who would you sell the RB for? And I have Salah, Sun, Palmer, Gordon. Arsenal mid, Arsenal mid. Saka. Saka. <laughs> He's not going to be able to afford that. He's not going to be able to afford that, I don't think. But yeah, it's tough, isn't it? I, I, I don't know who else I would recommend. Bowen? Can you afford Bowen? Or Wait, who, who do we said it's too late? Who does he have? He has Palmer, Gordon, Salah, Sun. Um... Palmer and Gordon are gone. That's the problem. And Salah and Sun aren't going, so... Yeah, I, I, I mean, I. It's Richarlison, I, isn't it? It is Richarlison. Oh. It All is Richarlison. roads lead back to Richarlison. If you don't want Richarlison, then go, then go Odegaard. Yeah, but I don't think you'll be able to afford those kind of moves to go up a price point. If you can get yeah, Odegaard or Bowen, yeah, if you can get Odegaard or Bowen, I'd go there. Um, yeah. He already has Gordon. There's, there's not, not, not much. Could he go for a Fulham midfielder as a punt against Burnley? If, if we hear Williams fit, maybe just go Williams. No. No, it's not for you. Okay, fair enough. And we've got one last question from Ahmed Hamid, which we'll answer before we go. I don't want him to miss out. What do you think about Virgil and Trent as a good differential duo? I, I think with Robbo still out for at least a while, I would prefer the Trent and Simicas double up. I know Simicas will get benched more often than Van Dijk, but I think I'd rather still that and spend a bit less on Simicas and have a rotation option with him that has good fixtures where Simicas might look to be benched. I'd personally spend the money that way and still get the double defense as a differential. Alternatively, if you can get a goalkeeper, if you can get Allison and be set with that, and you're not going to want a second Liverpool mid and you're not going to worry about struggling to sell Allison to get to the second attacker in the future, then I prefer Allison and Trent together than the Van Dyke combo. But yeah, I think that's my thoughts. Any final thoughts on that for you before we head? Nope. Cool. All right. Well, Chris went in and out of the show at the talk of uh, Richarlison. So, Solly not Solly, as we say, uh, back in the day. <laughs> the March no goal is ever important this game week while the game week remains open. Another unprecedented year since COVID every FPL season has an asterisk. So, let's all blame our tools. 
and not worry about what happened along the way as long as they had fun in our FPL journey. With that in mind, <laughs> see you guys next time. We are going to have a small break for Game Week 19. So the deadline is obviously on Boxing Day. There will not be a live stream, but we will do a quick Discord Christmas party. Hang out in the audio channel with the members on Saturday at halftime in the Liverpool still Arsenal time, game. Still time to join that party if you become a member this week. Uh, you can join <laughs> us for, for our Christmas party and see Mariner upside down this Saturday. <laughs> exactly. We'll hopefully be back after yeah, we'll, game 20, though. We'll there might be some... The, there might be some chaos, I expect. But anyway, there's another uh-huh. story. Um, <laughs> I might even have. I might even have a drink. There you go. Especially <laughs> if you keep. Uh, what we'll do is every time someone mentions Richarlison, I'll have a shot. No, no, I better not. I, I, I better not. I think my heart doctor might be listening. No. All the yeah. all, all the haulers have yeah. heard you say that now. So we're gonna. Hold no, I can't. I've got the alcohol in the house. There you go. <laughs> I'll ship some to you before Saturday. All right, take, take care, everyone. Love Happy Christmas, you. everybody. Yeah, have a lovely holidays and enjoy your new year for us, PT guys. And thank you for all your support in 2023. And hopefully, see you one last time before the new year. And uh, peace. peace. Good luck in 2018, everyone. Merry Christmas.